It's a scorcher. You can say that again. And welcome back, everyone. It is episode number 83 of Thirst and Goal. I'm here. My name is Franny. Right across the table from me, I have Ben. And Ben, like you just mentioned, it is hot outside. Yes, it was a hot week this week, topping almost 110 degrees here in Quarantine Central in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles, California. Franny, how was your week this week? It was all right, Ben. It was all right. The end of the week sort of dragged, but I am excited once I got out of work today. Today is Saturday. Once I got out of work, I was so excited to run over here and do the podcast. What about you, Ben? You went to Total Wine, got us some uh, some imbibements or whatever (laughs) that word is that I'm uh, probably Um, probably mispronouncing. Something like that. Uh, Yeah, my week was good. It was good. It was a long one. Uh, It was a long, hot week. I did work in the house for a portion of the week. Oh, you moved into the house, huh? Even I can't work when it's 110 degrees outside. <laughs> uh, my computer was about to scold me uh, and force me to come inside the house. Uh, what are you drinking over there, Franny? Uh, tonight, Ben, I have a little bit of the Basil Hayden's Ooh. Dark Rye and a little bit of club soda to go along with that. And uh, a large piece of ice that has melted Fairly quickly, because right now it's about almost 85 degrees outside. And as always, Ben, we do this podcast outdoors where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded. What about you, Ben? Absolutely. You hear that, NBA? You should be playing outside <laughs> in Orlando. On uh, asphalt. On asphalt. With chain, <laughs> with with chain, chain nets. <laughs> <laughs> with chain links and chain nets and chain link fences. <laughs> I just about polished off that bottle of Tangeray. Uh, so I'm uh, drinking a little bit of Tangeray and tonic with rosemary from Franny's Garden. And uh, I'm going to move on to the Mashtel, which is a Croatian gin. Once I finish this up and then next week I will be on to another new gin. Yeah, you should have told me. I would have got you a gin, Ben. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know you were running short. I mean, that Tangeray last week, it looked like you would have had enough. But you killed it off. I did. I did. When it's a hundred, you know, when it's a hundred degrees at eight, nine o'clock at night, uh, you know, you take whatever is cool and refreshing and tonic and tangeray and lime and rosemary really, really hit the spot. Yeah, it does. Franny, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have some NFL news as usual. We also have our shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also have a promo for one of our fellow sports podcasters out there. We also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Ben's Steelers, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. We also have our feel-good story. Ben, every week, finds a feel-good story from the league and I'm sure it's getting harder and harder every week because you've been doing this for at least 30 weeks now. It Maybe, feels like it, yeah. yeah. I would say at least 30 weeks. And uh, we also have our shot of the week, which is a very spicy shot. It is summer-inspired. I'm sure it's going to be disgusting, but we'll give that a shot. What's we in also- that shot, Franny? It is uh, flaming hot Cheetos infused tequila. Ooh. So it is bright red, and it is spicy, and it is summer-inspired. Oh, 
I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know how I, I, I can wait. Uh, <laughs> we also have our beverage of the week, which is another compass box offering. Uh, we had that compass box from last week. It was the Great Kings Street, which was terrific. And so I thought, you know what? Why not give another compass box offering a try? And this week we have the Pete monster and it looks delicious and we also have our beer of the week which is local and which one is that ben alvarado street bixby blonde from a monterey brewery and we've tried a couple of other offerings from that same brewery uh back in the day and they were both great so i'm expecting this one to be just as good and we also have our housekeeping Sadly, Ben, to finish up the yeah, show. Yeah, that's we the get worst there. part of the show. Uh, that's when the post-production begins, the least fun portion of the show. But I can't wait to taste that peaty, oh, yeah. peaty offering from Compass Box. Uh, we really, over the, the course of the last couple of years, have really taking, taken a liking to these peaty scotches. Franny wasn't as huge a no, fan no. in the beginning. I was more of a fan uh, in my mind than I was in practice. But it's grown on us, But it's ben. grown on us. I brought you to the brown. You brought me to the peat. Oh, I love these peats. <laughs> I can't wait to taste that one. Uh, Friday, what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news. Yeah, we have a lot of news this week, uh, strangely enough, and it's all over the board, folks. Uh, so we're going to start with a, a quick one. Quarterback quarantine. Uh, more and more NFL teams are considering keeping a quarterback in quarantine, according to Pro Football Talk. In May, we floated, or they floated, the concept of NFL teams keeping a backup quarterback in quarantine separated from the the, you know, the rest of the players, coaches like Bruce Arians have publicly suggested that the Buccaneers may employ this strategy in 2020. Privately, more coaches than Arians are thinking about it and talking about it. Per a league source, the notion of peeling a quarterback away from the rest of the team and keeping him quarantined has begun to spread as coaches begin to crystallize their plans for the coming season and opt-outs begin to mount. Franny, what do you think about keeping a quarterback at the Radisson Hotel throughout the season uh, with room well, hopefully, service. Hopefully he's getting some snaps in yeah. there. You know, you don't want a, 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 you know, a, a, an overweight quarterback taking the field when he needs to, uh, when the starter gets injured. Uh, but I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, this, this season is going to be an unprecedented season. It's something that we never, that we've never seen before yeah, where guys sure. could end up on injured reserve because of a virus. And so it's going to be pretty interesting. Hopefully, um, it, it doesn't happen. Uh, I'm sure it will. Hopefully it, it, you know, if it does, hopefully to a minimum, you know, keep it to just a few players. Um, but you know, it, it's definitely a good backup plan to have that guy ready to go and healthy and, uh, not under the weather. What do so, you think, Ben? So Nate Sudfeld spending <laughs> his season at, you know, at the day spa uh, or Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Ooh, you know. that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I were, if I were Doug Peterson, I would definitely have Jalen Hurts as my quarantine quarterback because he has the highest upside. I'd, I'd have Sudfeld, you know, doing his thing. Yeah, but exactly. keep Jalen Hurts safe. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting concept. I'm not sure in practice how it would work, how you would get snaps for the player and practice for the player, uh, unless you're gonna, you know you're going to get ramp them up to speed very very yeah. quickly. You know, in the week that follows the injury of your primary quarterback or your primary quarterback testing positive 
for COVID-19. I actually agree with Franny. I think it's a, a really smart thing to do. You know, as they say, the first most important player on the team is the starting quarterback. The second most important player on the team is the backup quarterback. And the third most important player on the team is the third string quarterback. Uh, and again, unless you, of your Jamal Adams and then Whoa. they just trade away their entire team for you. <laughs> But the Steelers don't believe it. Yeah, the Steelers don't <laughs> believe it. The first, the most important player on the team is not the quarterback. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, apparently yeah, second string, third string yeah. doesn't matter. Just to them. whoever, yeah, whoever, you know, whoever yeah. I run throw into in the at duck, the duck, throw in the Rudolph, yeah, whoever <laughs> you run into at Safeway, the reindeer, but they don't yeah. call them the reindeer, but they could <laughs> at whatever the whatever I can't remember the name of the uh, convenience store in the Pittsburgh area, but whoever you run into when you're grabbing your your milk and your butter for the week. Uh, next up, Franny. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I move on? Uh, you know what, Ben? <laughs> this is this is going to be long running. I'm, I'm oh, pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. This, start, this started a few weeks ago for anybody that's listening. You know, I, I told Ben to hold up for just a second uh, before he moved on. And, and now it's going to be a, a weekly thing from Ben <laughs> asking whether or not he can move on. Well, it's uh, just more I respect I, for I, you. I, I, don't, I, don't, do you wanna, I didn't know if you had anything I, else I, to I, add I, about the, no, 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 the quarterback I'm good. quarantine I, 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 situation. Do you have anything else to add, Ben? No, I just I think it's interesting. But to have one player and one player alone. years. <laughs> if, if, if this podcast lasts for 10 years, <laughs> every segment, can I move on? Can I move on? <laughs> it's interesting, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel for that quarterback, you know, to sort of be separated from not only your family most of the time, but also yeah. from your teammates. Yeah, I'd be okay separating from my family if I was making, you know, three or four million dollars. Yeah, exactly. I'd be okay. You know, just put me in up a nice hotel room in a, you know, five star resort. I'm okay with that. Get a too. Netflix yeah. account and you're good to go. Yeah. You know, Zoom calls, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're all getting accustomed to that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, next up, Antonio Brown, the long oh, let me pour national saga is over for now until he does something else. But Antonio Brown this week, the league announced Friday that free agent or this past Friday that wide receiver Antonio Brown has received an eight game suspension without pay for multiple violations of the NFL's personal conduct policy. Uh, Brown had been the subject of an NFL investigation after a lawsuit filed by his former trainer alleged that he was sexually, she was sexually assaulted by Brown on multiple occasions. Brown also was accused of sexual misconduct at his home by an artist who he was working, who was working there in 2017, who he also did not pay timely. Uh, the wide receiver has said the sexual relationship with the trainer was consensual. I can't imagine having a consensual sexual relationship with Antonio Brown. And Brown met with the NFL <laughs> I hope not, ben. in November. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone that would that would be in that situation. Yeah. Uh, in announcing the suspension, what your what's that? I don't know what your fantasies are. It's definitely not Antonio Brown. <laughs> in announcing the suspension, the NFL said that Brown was directed to continue counseling. It's been working well and treatment. Uh, the league also said that any further violations jo- like the, of the Josh Gordon variety would likely result in harsher discipline. But at least this gives Antonio Brown some clarity on where he stands with the NFL. So should we get a 16 season game or 16 season, 16 game season off this year? Antonio Brown will be eligible to return in week nine. Franny, what say you? Do you think it's too much? Not enough? Um. I mean, it's just pretty interesting that they're dishing out a suspension to a player that's not even on a team. Yeah, not even on a right roster. Now. Uh, so if he was actually on a team, on a roster, then it would make some sense. But the fact that he's not even playing football right now, I don't know how you can suspend a guy who's not even under contract. He's, he's not under a contract anywhere. No, yeah, no. So, I mean, that, but he's, is, he hasn't filed for retirement. So until you file yeah. for retirement, mm-hmm. 
uh, the league can assume you're going to play and then suspend you for a number of games. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't have an active contract. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, I think the the suspension is warranted. I, I think it's a fair suspension, uh, but it, it was just an interesting move by the NFL to sort of you know force him out of the league for the first eight games. If somebody does decide to pick him up, it's just interesting. What do you think, Ben? I know you. I know how you feel uh, I mean, about Antonio Brown. I mean, the guy. I mean, I don't think he's learned anything. You know, this week or last week said he was going to retire. Said he's done all he can do. Doesn't need the money. You know, then of course he said, you know, two or three days later, oh no, I was just kidding. I really want to play, and I really want to play with Russell Wilson or Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson yeah. or the, the great quarterbacks you know, in the league. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers or yeah, or Philip Rivers. I mean, these are the my quarterbacks of choice, of course. Maybe not Philip Rivers. Maybe not Philip Rivers <laughs> or Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. well, maybe you can't get in trouble in Indianapolis. Uh, there isn't that much to do in Indianapolis. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think I've never been. Uh, I, mean, the bus. Uh, I mean, we don't we haven't seen the report. We haven't seen the investigation. So we really don't know whether the suspension is adequate mm-hmm. or too harsh, mm-hmm. given what was ever un- what was uncovered during the course of the investigation. Yeah. But I, I really just I think it's interesting that We've we seen- have some clarity. Yeah. Finally, I wouldn't want the guy on my team. I think Russell Wilson is making a mistake by lobbying for. Uh, for this player, I think Bruce Arian, I think Tom Brady's making a mistake. I think Lamar Jackson's making a mistake. You know, just because that shiny object is in the window doesn't mean that you can afford it. Mm. And it doesn't mean that paying, you know, 30% of your salary for the next 10 years to pay that item off is worth it because I think it will be more headache than it's worth. Uh, but what do you think? Would you take him on the Philadelphia Eagles in week nine? Um, not only because of the headache. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, he, he, He's still a pretty decent player. I mean, he's already getting older. He's over thirty now, thirty-one, thirty-two years I think old, he's somewhere, yeah. some, some, somewhere around there. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure what he has left in the tank. Uh, he hasn't really practiced too much with any of the teams. Um, I wouldn't bring him on board uh, only only because he'd probably bring his entourage, like he did with when he had the tryout with the Saints, I believe yeah. it was, and 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 they told him not to bring anybody, and, and he, he brought, brought everybody. everybody exactly. And so I wouldn't want that sort of headache on my team. Um, but what about you, Ben? He was in Pittsburgh for such a long time. Tomlin had him under wraps. He knew how to take care of the guy, how to deal with his personality. And I, I think either the Steelers or the Seahawks would be a, a good destination for him to go to right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wouldn't want the headache. I mean, I think that the, the issue in Seattle isn't that they lack wide receivers. The issue in Seattle is that they lack offensive linemen. And the same, well, well they, they the, lack passing the ball. They, down they the field. Lack, <laughs> and they actually lack passing the ball enough. Uh, Tampa Bay, I, I don't think he would get the kind of receptions oh, or yeah, targets no. in they Tampa. Have so many weapons that he there. would expect to get down there. Mm-hmm. So that would be a that would be a recipe for disaster, I think, for Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, and I think they know that. Um, you know, we'll find out when we get more facts about the investigation. I'm just happy there is some clarity on this, so that at least. We know what's going to happen later on in the season. I assume that teams could sign him now mm-hmm. with the knowledge that he, you know, he's only going to pay play half the season, week nine through week sixteen. But with Antonio Brown, assuming that nothing is going to happen between now and week nine of the season, I think is a dangerous bet to make. Uh, but yeah, he's a scumbag. He's a uh, terrible human being. Finally. I was waiting because that shot. There's I an eight game suspension. Wasn't for nothing. The allegations were of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. So something was uncovered in that investigation that would warrant potentially taking away half of your salary for a full season. So clearly 
the league, which is pretty conservative when it comes to these kinds of things, found that there was some level of misconduct. So, you know, I don't think he's changed. I don't think he will change. And, you know, good luck to whatever team signs him. Well, Ben, are you going to take a shot? You just call him a scumbag. He is a scumbag. And per our Watch the Steelers sign him with the, with the cap space that they have left. <laughs> per our drinking game agreement, Ben, you have to take a shot. Ooh, if you say anything negative. Where's yours? I have a little one. And uh, what are we drinking? Uh, we're actually drinking the Jim Beam Peach. Oh, you brought the stuff. That, you brought this other, other stuff. stuff. Yeah, but you like that other stuff. We, uh, we, we, we sampled a little bit of it. I, I should have got something a little more disgusting and than what's, that. What's the other one? The other one is the Bird Dog. Bird dog. Uh, bird dog, uh, ruby red grapefruit flavored whiskey. I should have said I and hated it. We sampled it, and Ben actually said he liked it. I thought you didn't like grapefruit, but I think that was Sonya that didn't like yeah, the grapefruit. Oh, okay. She so I, 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 I was I was wrong on I'm which from the East Coast, which, man. We all like grapefruit. On which host did not uh, like the grapefruit? But I guess you liked it. Sonya did not. So if Sonya ever needs to take a punishment shot, we'll pour Ooh, that'll that, be the one. The grapefruit out for her. Uh, I'm sure um, she would probably gag just sipping on that because you really get a lot of the grapefruit out of that. Fight so good. Uh, (laughs) But Ben, that's why I poured the peach for you because this is a punishment per our drinking game agreement weeks and weeks and weeks ago, months ago. Uh, If you see anything negative about Antonio Brown or any team in your division, which is the AFC North, or if I see anything negative about any team in my division, which is the NFC East, or if Sonya says anything negative about any team in her division, which is the NFC West, then she takes a shot. So Ben, cheers. The NFC. See best you here we go this is a big shot here we go yours is big mine is uh you know i'm just gonna take one along with you just be you know nice about it oh boy mm. ah, tomorrow morning is gonna be rough all right next don't up. think about don't think about tomorrow can i uh can i move on <laughs> yes all right <laughs> next up joey bosa the once injured but awesome defensive lineman joey bosa the Chargers and defensive end Joey Bosa reached an agreement on an extension this past Tuesday with leaked sources telling ESPN's Adam Schefter and transcriber Adam Schefter it's a five-year, $135 million deal. Something smells good. Are you, keep... are, you, are you wearing a new cologne, Ben? Oh, no. <laughs> or... I got my sandalwood deodorant. Oh, wow. I mean, I could, I could really, I got a whiff of that when the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, breeze yeah. sort of blew this way. I was, that's kind of nice, it's man. My, uh, it's my new sandalwood deodorant. Get it at Sprouts anywhere. (laughs) What's that brand with the, um, they all come in like brown, like deep brown. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, forgot They have like a body wash. Yeah, I know. I totally forgot. Several deodorants. Yeah, as as you can tell, we're not sponsored by them. That's why we don't know the name of them. But I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I really like their, like the sand, they have a sandalwood and a cedarwood. And I like them both. So. How, it's, it's, go to your local Sprouts or health food and, store and look for that brown label. I'm not sure exactly what you'll find it. Yeah, I love it. Although I did drop it on the ground and the bottom piece came out, oh. so it no longer screws up and down. You actually <laughs> you actually push have, it with your. Feet? You have to hold the bottom piece to get the top to actually poke out so you can use it. So it's getting to be a little <laughs> annoying. Uh, but league sources told Adam Schefter, 135 million dollar five year deal or next six seasons. Uh, sources said the deal includes 78 million dollars in guaranteed money and 100 or 178 million guaranteed at signing and 100 million or 102 million guaranteed overall this is a record for a defensive player the chargers announced the agreement but not the terms bosa's extension also amounts to the largest contract ever awarded by the san diego or the los angeles chargers and it is the first contract ever to reach 100 million dollars and that includes philip rivers in wow. franchise history. Bosa reported to training camp on Tuesday, 
but in a short video published by the Chargers, displayed no hints that a deal was close and said only, I made it, as he walked by the camera. The third overall pick in the 2016 draft, Bosa is entering the final season of his rookie contract. He is scheduled to earn $14.4 million, but he'll be there for the next six seasons with $80 million guaranteed at signing and $102 million of $135 million guaranteed. Franny, what say you about locking up? That is Joey Bosa. a lot of money for Joey Bosa. I just wonder how much Nick Bosa is going to be paid by the Niners <laughs> when it's his turn to sign a huge contract. Luckily, uh, that's a couple years it, away. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it's, it's coming up quick. These years are yeah, flying yeah, yeah. by. Uh, Shanahan's so, I mean, happy. If, if he is making 135, 78 guaranteed, I just wonder what that contract will be. Uh, but I mean, It, it might not know, be in I, San Francisco. I, I'm pretty sure it is. He's, Nick Bosa's a baller. Yeah, uh, for so, sure. I mean, and, and he's better than his brother in San Diego, uh, in Los Angeles. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I just can't get we'll used never, to it. We'll I, never yeah, get no. it right. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good move for them. Uh, you know, they're still trying to lay a foundation here in Los Angeles. We're still calling it San Diego. I mean, that's, that's how hard they're yeah. trying to lay a foundation here and sign these, these, uh, you know, bigger name players to try to bring, you know, butts to the seats. Well, whenever the people are actually able to sit down in the brand new stadium there and watch the game. Um, so they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're trying to get these new faces, these faces, these new young faces, uh, for the franchise. I Definitely. mean, they just recently, uh, you know, got their, quarterback of the future hopefully in this draft we'll see how that plays out um, they but did. they're they're just trying to attract yeah, I know how how you were a big fan of of uh, of Herbert so, Herbert, yeah, yeah so I know I know, I know. You, you've you've voiced that multiple times on Watch the podcast out, Sean we'll McVay. see there's a we'll new sheriff in town he is um but you know it's a good move for the franchise uh, a a young franchise in LA an old franchise overall but in LA they just can't find any sort of traction here so i think that sort of played into this contract what do you think ben yeah i agree i mean i, I think it's a little bit too rich for my blood uh you know he has a little bit uh, you know not a lot but he has a little bit of an injury history i think that he you know he's obviously a run stuffer and can rush the passer very well i, I just think he you could probably replace him with a player or two for a little bit less money. I don't know what mm-hmm. that comes to. Uh, it's a five-year, $135 million deal. That's over, well over $20 million a year. Obviously, only $100 million of it's guaranteed. But even at that <laughs> level, that's a five-year. Only. It's, Poor guy. It's, but it's guaranteed at $20, $20 billion and change a year. That is a ton of money for a defensive guaranteed. player, especially a defensive lineman. We see what happened with Khalil Mack. And other players out there, Chris Jones just got a huge contract this year. It's it's just a dangerous, dangerous move, I think, to give that kind of money to a defensive player on the line, given what's going on with the salary cap, especially next year. The salary cap could be as low as $175 million next year. And, you know, they're they're they have the the luxury of having a quarterback that is not under contract for a huge amount of money That's and will true. not be under contract for at least four seasons. Mm-hmm. Although if he plays well. They'll be negotiating a contract a little bit more quickly, probably. I just think it's a lot of money for a player that's been in the league for four years, for a player that has a little bit of injury history, and for a player on a team that really needs to get more depth on the defensive side of the ball. So I think this might hamstring them a little bit. It's it's just a lot of money mm-hmm. for, you know, would you consider Joey Bosa to be top five, top ten? Hmm. Defensive lineman in the league. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's in that 
category. I think yeah. a lot of people would say so, but I don't know that, that he is. Mm-hmm. And that's a... His but, brother, for sure. You know, Nick Bosa had an amazing season this, this yeah. past season. But McClowney's um, sitting out there, you know, potentially signing for $12 million. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I th- well, I, you know, I, I just think it is a face that they could put in a banner, on a banner, you know, hanging in the stadium. You know, I mean, they're just really trying to build their brand here. And I think this is just one step, you know, closer sort of to what they're trying to create yeah. in L.A. I mean, you know, the, the Bosa name now is it's 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 yep. better known, just like the Watts. Yep. You know, I mean, you have a Watt JJ on your team. TJ. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, you know, if, if you look at it that way as a marketing standpoint, I think it works, but as far as a player, they they kind of reached just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting from the Chargers. I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I've criticized the Chargers in the past on numerous occasions for not being willing to open their pocketbook, not being willing to go out there and sign the players that they need, and perennially being under the cap by a significant amount of money. That's typically how they handle things. You know, uh, you know, they don't have the Melvin Gordon moved on. You know, they don't have a lot of other high-dollar players on that team, but with Justin Herbert coming into his own well, over the next of the course of we'll the next see, two ben. years, we'll see. they are going to need to, to draft or pay offensive linemen. They are going to need uh, to significantly upgrade their running game as well as their defense. So I think, you know, locking up 20-plus million dollars over the next five years, you know, 10% of your cap space potentially, is it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a reach. Mm-hmm. I agree mm-hmm. with Franny. Anything you can else? move on. All right, you I can, can move, move on. on. I can move on. I'm so happy. <laughs> All right, Jamal Adams contract. The Seattle Seahawks gave a bro a, a boatload of draft. I can't speak <laughs> hey, bro. Well, I can't talk tonight. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks gave a boatload of draft capital to obtain star safety Jamal Adams, but aren't in a hurry to shell out big scratch to keep him long term. Kevin Patra of NFL.com reported NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported Monday that before the Seahawks finalized their trade with Adams, the signs agreed or for Adams, the signs agreed to play that he play 2020 on his existing rookie contract per a source informed of the talks. Adams is set to make about 3.59 million in 2020 and 9.86 in 2021. Seattle shelled out two first round picks, a 2021 third round pick and a safety Bradley McDougal in exchange for Adams and a 2022 fourth rounder. The agreement is similar to the deal Seattle made with Jadavion Clowney last year. Before that trade with Houston, albeit they gave up much less compensation for a player on the franchise tag. Adams wanted a new deal in New York, which precipitated his trade request and subsequent flaming of the team brass late last week. Uh, while the contract was biggest, the biggest I- issue in New York, I'd, it's been previously reported that it wasn't a requirement in getting him traded away from the Jets to a contender. And this week, Adams also said that he plans to, well, retire as a Seahawk. That's what they all which say, is what right? they all say, right? So at least the, the Seattle Seahawks know that they won't have to enter into contract negotiations with Adams next year, but we'll or see. this year. We'll see. But it will it will be a huge huge issue for them the following year should they fall short of the playoffs or fall short of the Super Bowl this year. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. Well, we'll see if he keeps his word. Uh you know, I mean it, supposedly they don't have to worry about it, but you know, he showed a little bit of his immaturity in New York. So if things sort of go South in Seattle, which I doubt they will, uh, because they have, you know, an, you know, a, a, a great good coach. coach. 
he disappoints me sometimes. Uh, but they have a, a great quarterback. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't doubt Russell Wilson. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think things will go south. But if they do, I think he might not be as willing to sign or resign or stay with Seattle as long term as he's saying right now. I mean, he's, he's an amazing player. They did, you know, give up a little bit for him. I was happier with the move than you were, Ben. Um, but we'll see how things play out in Seattle with Jamal Adams. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to a couple of Jets podcasts this week. Essentially, the argument that they're making is that they better damn well, they better damn well make something out of these picks that they receive from the Seattle Seahawks because they are in desperate need of depth and they expect to have an elite player on their roster as a consequence of these draft picks. And we know how hard that is to do. Uh, they had an elite player. Uh, and if the Seahawks are able to reach the Super Bowl, if the Seahawks believe that Jamal Adams is the one piece that they're missing on that team, uh, that would could prevent them from getting to the Super Bowl this year, and that he will take them over the top, then it's a good trade for Seattle. And that may or may not be true. But if that is the 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 mindset of the Seahawks, what do you do after this year if you fall short of the Super Bowl? What do you do with Jamal Adams the following year? You're almost hamstrung to have to sign him because you gave away so much capital in terms of draft picks as well as a player to get him onto your roster, you're going to have to shell out a contract that's very, very similar, if not exceeds the contract that we just talked about mm -hmm. with Joey Bosa. And are the Seattle Seahawks prepared to do that? I think so. I, I, I think there's, there's sort of, they would be desperate enough to do it just because of what they gave away to bring him on board. Uh, so if, if you're going to give away two first round picks, a third round pick and a player, it, it kind of forces your hand. You, I mean, you have to sign this guy to a long-term contract no matter how the season goes. I just don't know how he's going to react if things don't go as planned. And that might be a problem. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's a tough situation. So you better find some success with this guy while you have him there. If not, eh, it could be a little tricky in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think my my opinion on these things is long, long chronicled. <laughs> I do not like players that take... 83 their episodes contracts, chronicled. They're chronic <laughs> these these types of negotiations into the public domain. I don't well, one, I don't think it serves their interest. I don't think that there's any statistical analysis that would back up the fact that you ultimately end up with a more, you know, generous contract or you end up in a situation that you would that you would like to be in more often than not if you take it public than if you keep it private. And the fact that he was willing to go so scorched earth on the Jets brass, the Jets coaching staff, uh, that bothers me because things aren't always going to be peaches and cream and wonderful in Seattle. There will be times potentially where the team struggles and he could take his lack of uh, maturity public again. And I think that's something that Seattle Seahawks, a team that I really root for because my loving spouse is a huge <laughs> Seattle fan. Yeah. Uh, that worries me. The she'll fact join that, us eventually. Once, yeah. once the season the, begins. Once the season starts. She'll be back. But that scares me. It, it, yeah. it scares me that he was willing to go so public, so scorched earth with, earth with this, that if this season goes left, you know, what's going to happen at the end of the season? Did they give away two first-round picks and a third-round pick for a guy that they're not even going to be able to sign uh, because the relationship will be so deteriorated by that point that he'll be asking for, you know, money from somebody else and someone like John Gruden or God knows who. Skevis Stefanski will give it to them. But, you know, I think it's a dangerous move by the Seahawks, and, you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, you, you can you can move on, Ben. Oh, I can move that, on. That uh, that deodorant is really pleasing to my nostrils. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go put some there, more. There's, on. there's a breeze coming through from behind you or something. I'm not sure All what right. it is, but I, I I I'm getting that that it's nice. It's nice. I'm gonna have to get some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some. Uh, I'm gonna probably, put some you, more on on the break. You, you should post it on Twitter and and, and, and <laughs> highly highly recommend highly recommend that. This, no, not only the brand. beverages that we drink on the show, but that deodorant. I might go out and buy some of that stuff. Yeah, we're not, I, we're not I, sponsored, by the way. But I know. alternate. Oh, uh, Everyman Jack. That's what it yeah. is, Everyman Jack. I, I alternate between the cedarwood and the sandalwood. Uh, uh-huh. I think I have the sandalwood on tonight. Uh, next up, opt-outs everywhere. Uh, so we wanted to lead off with uh, a massive piece of the New England Patriots defense decided to opt out of the 2020 season Kevin Patra of NFL.com reported linebacker Dante Hightower opted out of the season earlier this week. Dante. Dante. Is it, is it Dante? I don't think it's Dante. Well, no, it's Dante. <laughs> it's missing an E. Dante Hightower. Hightower became a first-time father on July 16th. His mother also has type 2 diabetes. Players who voluntarily opt out of the season will receive $150,000 salary advance and their contract will toll. Uh, Hightower said, me and my fiance are just more concerned with the health of our family than football, especially the new addition to our family. Congratulations, Dante Hightower. Uh, Hightower was scheduled to earn a base salary of $8 million. Thank you. I know. It was like, that was like the, I won't say what. <laughs> What what pronunciation that was, but it was pretty bad. Uh, base salary of eight million in the final year of his contract, which will roll over to twenty twenty one. Patriots fullback Danny Vital also opted out of the twenty twenty season, not even certain he was going to make the team because of concerns amid the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but they the, the later in the week the Patriots lost a total of six six count them six players uh, to opt outs this week. Uh, and there were a ton of opt-outs that we can go for, go through here. Uh, Ravens lost uh, DeAnthony Thomas, outside linebacker Andre Smith. The Bills lost a defensive tackle. The Cowboys lost uh, Stephen Guidry, Maurice Candy. Uh, the Packers lost Devin Funches. The Houston Texans lost defensive tackle Eddie Vander does. Uh, Jags lost Larenty McRae. The Chiefs lost... Uh, an outside linebacker. The Patriots lost Hightower, Vital, Brandon Bolden, Neji Torin, and wide receiver Marquise Lee. The Eagles only lost one player this week. Uh, lost Marquise Goodwin, who wasn't even a shoe in to make the team, I think. Or he was supposed to be the backup to, to Jackson should Jackson goes down because mm. he's a, a speedster. No, I, I, he, yeah, I mean, I, I think he probably would have made the, the final think roster, so? yeah. Uh, Seattle Seahawks lost an outside linebacker or offensive lineman. Uh, Titans lost an offensive lineman. Uh, Rams lost an offensive lineman. Vikings lost Michael Pierce. Uh, the Patriots also lost uh, to Marcus Cannon. Uh, we have unspecified opt-outs here. The Panthers lost a linebacker. Bears lost a tackle. Defensive tackle. Bengals lost a defensive tackle. The Browns lost a guard and a tackle. Broncos lost a defensive tackle. Lions lost a defensive tackle. Uh, the Chiefs lost... Running back Damian Williams, mm-hmm. who was a voluntary opt out this week, that was a ba- a big one. The Patriots also lost a huge, huge loss. Safety Patrick Chung opted out as well. What were we talking about uh, for the Giants? Nate Solder, yeah, Nate Solder, one of the most yeah, yeah. overpaid players yeah. in the league. And when yeah. you make that kind of money, you can 
go without pay for a year. That would be nice, right? Uh, and yeah, so uh, outside our uh, offensive lineman Nate Solder, uh, left tackle, opted out, and the Jets lost C.J. Mosley, one of the best linebackers in the league, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this week. And this is just the beginning. Yeah, Frane. Uh, so but I don't see this happening in a lot of other sports. It's pretty interesting that it's happening in the NFL. They haven't even started. Um, well, I guess they have some practices, and you know, the yeah, team, they just started on the twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah, but. I, I I don't understand a lot of why. I mean, obviously the rosters are much larger in the NFL than they are in you know basketball or baseball or or even soccer. Uh, but that's a lot of guys, and I just wonder how many more are going to follow, um, you know, these guys out of out of out of well out of the season basically. Yeah, I mean a lot of guys you don't know. Uh, but Hightower was a big one. Patrick Chung. I mean, this really puts Bill Belichick in a tough spot. Two of his studs. Does it really? On, it does. <laughs> I mean, Chung and Hightower are the essentially the the core, and they did lose uh, linebacker Van Oy. They lost this season as yeah, well, true too. So they have lost some players, and that I mean, I think Chung is one of the leaders in the locker room. Someone who was really close to Bill Belichick mm-hmm. as well. That's a big loss. Hightower is a big loss. C.J. Mosley is a big loss. Uh, the voluntary opt-outs, I think, get one hundred fifty thousand dollars. No accrued time. Uh, but they do get their benefits. The the involuntary or the, the folks that opt out because they have health issues or family members with health issues, they get $350,000 and they get a, a year of accrued time and they get their benefits. But, Franny, what do you think? Do you think this is, I mean, this is before, before anything, the season really. has started. Yeah. I mean, do you think this is going to, to be a problem? Uh, it's looking like it might be. I don't know how many other guys are going to follow suit and, and also opt out of the season, but. Um... I, I mean, I don't, I mean, if you have your own own health issues, then I understand it. If you have family members, I'm not sure how often these guys go home. I mean, they obviously can, um, you know, stay elsewhere. I mean, they can get a, an apartment or something, you know, away from their family if their family does have health issues. But for a lot of these guys, I, you know, they make a ton of money and they can do it. Yeah. Whereas most of us... <laughs> We don't have the option of just sit, getting, you know, sitting at home and making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is. Uh, so I mean, they're, they're lucky enough to do it. it. Would be nice to do it myself. I mean, I wouldn't mind sitting on the sidelines and and let other people go to work. But you know, us working folk can't do it. Yeah, exactly. And and, and you see, I think you're going to see a trend here. I mean, not you know, essentially what what Franny just said. You're going to have players that have big contracts that have had big contracts that have the luxury of saying, you know what, I'm going to sit home this year. My health is going to be more important to me, as it should always be, right? But a lot of these younger players, yeah. players that are proving themselves, players that are making league minimum, they can't really afford, yeah. if they're already on the bubble in terms of making a team or having a lot of visibility around the league, they can't really make those choices. I mean, Hightower can do that. Chung can do that. C.J. Mosley can do that. They're going to make their money. that uh, They've already made their money and are going to make even more money when they come back. Uh, but I think this is going to create a little bit of a problem around the league. I mean, I'm happy to see it happen to the Patriots. You know, two of their biggest players on defense opting out for the season is not bad news if you're a Jets fan or a Bills fan. But I think it's going to cause problems throughout the season. And, you know, it may give an opportunity some to some undrafted free agents and other players, you know, some Kurt Warners out there that are stocking shelves at the local Costco <laughs> that, you know, are going to walk on and, and try to pick up one of these spots. And we may see some... You know, some new players that we didn't expect to see this year. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely going to continue to be a problem because this is just the, the early stages of it. Yeah. And I think as but the I wonder season why, gets closer. 
in the NFL, a lot of players, not a lot of players, I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a few players, but not a lot. But, you know, why in the NFL are they opting up? In other sports, they're not. I mean, it seems like it's know. just a, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a phenomenon in the NFL, but not in any other sport, which is interesting. Yeah. And I don't know that it's necessarily any more or less dangerous. If you're playing a major league baseball, you're still going to be in a locker room. You're still going to mm-hmm. hang out with guys. You're still going to talk to people. It's just the nature of, of being in a human relationship yeah. with other people. Soccer, you're on the field in close contact, very yeah. close contact mm-hmm. with people. Hockey, same thing. You're going to be in very close contact. NBA, you're in extraordinarily close contact. Mm-hmm. With people, although they have a bubble, as opposed to what the NF- NFL is going to do, I I, I don't have an explanation. Yeah, uh, other than maybe they don't feel that they're going to get the kind of support that they might want from the team or from the union, so they feel like you know this is my best alternative. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a problem. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, but luckily for the Steelers, <laughs> nobody and the Eagles and the Seahawks, we haven't lost any marquee players yet to mm-hmm. opt-outs mm-hmm. and so we we can count our our lucky stars in that regard oh, we'll see hope hopefully nobody else opts out yeah have a little bit of tag team news in that regard oh really okay yeah, yeah, yeah. all right all right Franny, can so, i move on should we take a quick break uh yeah we're about 40 minutes in we'll take yeah. a quick break yeah. and we'll come back with the rest of the nfl news hold tight everybody And we're back with the remainder of the NFL news. Yes, indeed. We touched on this a little bit last week, but I wanted to talk or we wanted to talk a little bit about continuity and success in the NFL. The Chiefs, the 49ers, the Saints, the Ravens, all powerhouses last season, all in excellent position to be so again if the NFL actually gets to play during the pandemic. Anyone who believes continuity isn't an essential part of pro football success will need to re-examine that philosophy. As NFL teams finally get together after an offseason of virtual, well, everything, the rosters featuring stability and coaching staffs remain intact will provide a huge advantage. The main issue for so many teams is going to be what has been taken away from them. The Patriots minus Tom Brady tops the list. But New England also lost some other key players, particularly on defense, Kyle Van Oy, Jamie Collins, now Hightower and Chung and place kicker Steven Guskowski. All right. Another veteran quarterback with a long string of starts. Philip Rivers departed the Chargers, as did Melvin Gordon. Good riddance. Brandon Meebane, Thomas Davis and Michael Schofield. The Buffalo Bills topped the league with 95.4% of their offense returning. Sorry, Bills fans. While the defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers lead the way with 88.3% coming back. Meanwhile, the Super Bowl champ, KC Chiefs, returned nearly their entire starting lineup and coaching staff. On the flip side, the Carolina Panthers return a league low, 58.2% of their offense and an even worse 36.2% of their defense under new coach Matt Rule. Yeah, well, it's a complete turnover in players over there. I mean, especially with the season that they had there with the new coach. They just want to start anew there. Other than Christian McCaffrey, don't get rid of that guy, but everybody else, fuck them. Yeah, but what do you think the advantage is going to be for these teams, you know, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Ravens, these teams with long-term coaching staffs, Mm -hmm. long-term relationships with their players, 
you know, quarterbacks that have been there for a long time, uh, players on defense and offense that have been there for a long time with all these opt outs, with all this uncertainty, with all the psychological problems, problems is not the right word, challenges that people are probably having going back to work, uh, especially for a new team. How much of an advantage do you think this gives the teams that have that continuity? Uh, I mean, well, they've built relationships in their locker room. I mean, they know the guys that are there. They know their tendencies. Uh, with some of these other teams where you have a lot of turnover, you don't know these guys very well. Well, they go outside that, you know, quote unquote sort of bubble, bubble. that they have. Um, whereas if a man you are needs chicken wings with the Saints, the Ravens, then what was that for? Which team was that? NBA. In the NBA. It was the NBA. Yeah, somebody left the bubble. Um, but you know, with, with the chiefs, the Niners, the saints, the Ravens, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's a commercial yeah, playing. That was a commercial the, playing. Sorry about that folks. Toyota Highlander. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, I, you know, I, I think you just get to know the guys in the locker room. You know what they're going to do. You kind of know them on a daily basis. Whereas some of these other guys, they don't know what they are. They, are they the kind of guy that's going to go out there and 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 party and mingle with you know different people out there. So I, I you know I, I think it is going to make a difference in the league as far as trust. Uh, you know, on these other teams, the Chiefs, the Niners, the Nays, you know, with all the teams that we named. Um, so I, I think there's a trust factor when you keep the same players or the majority of the same players on the same team. What do you think, Ben? I agree. I mean, I think this is going to be a huge advantage. Sorry about that uh, playthrough. <laughs> there was a website that had a little bit of. Uh, you know, I thought we stopped this in the 90s for crying out loud. These, you know, automatic pop-ups and automatic videos that play when you open a website. Haven't we the moved 90s. past? I don't remember. I don't remember the internet in the 90s. Yeah, but haven't we moved <laughs> past this as a society? You know, do you have to play? No, now there's more of them. Yeah, do you have to play something? Because if I know a website does that, I'm much less likely to go back to that same website. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a huge advantage to teams like the Chiefs, the Ravens, uh, the Steelers, the Eagles. Even the Rams, I, I think this is a huge advantage for, for teams that have low turnover and a coaching staff that's been together for a long time, and especially a head coach that has a really good handle on his relationships with the players and on his relationship with the front office and other coaches. Uh, so I think that some of these new coaches like Matt Rule and a lot of these other folks, I think they're going to really struggle this year. And you're going to see... You know, the Kyle Shanahan's, the Mike Tomlin's, the Doug Peterson's, the the Andy Reid's. I think they're really going to flourish this year. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. There's then. so much uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, uh, no. Did you expect that to last a bit longer? I no, no. I, I didn't I, I, know. I think we, 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 no. just, we just both agreed. I yeah. mean, it's, it's like, we you know, agree to agree. It's, it's, it's like, you know, when, when you're at work and you work with the same people every day and you get to know them very well, God they start, knows. you know, hopefully they care for you just as much as you care for them and their well being. And, you know, the, the same thing is true in oh, the sports. The eternal optimist. Yeah. The same thing is true in sports. You get to know these guys, you get to know their families, um, you know, some of their friends maybe that they hang out with and, and you're just looking out for the best for them. And, and, and so I think for these teams that have the same guys, the same group of characters in the locker room all the time, at least the majority, it definitely does benefit the entire team um, because there's a mutual respect between everybody. Whereas if you have that new guy that's just showing up and still wants to go out and party because he's making his millions of dollars who may or may not bring the virus back to you, they don't care. So I think for these yeah. other teams that have that continuity, definitely. Yeah, it's a and that strip club missed a golden opportunity. I mean, <laughs> they should be advertising their wings everywhere 
Uh, they were national news. I didn't news. hear about that. I didn't hear about that. It was an That's NBA funny. player. I can't. I, mean, I can't remember. I mean, I please forgive me if the person went home for a funeral or something, and I'm not being as compassionate as I should be. Dick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he went to a strip club. Allegedly, the wings at this strip club are really, really yeah, good. The wings, yeah. quote unquote. The wings uh, are. And he brought it back. Spectacular. He brought it back. I think was it. Wait, was it the NBA? I think it was the NBA. Yeah, oh, the maybe, NBA maybe, or maybe it baseball. was like a drive-through strip joint because that's what I hear becoming more yeah, popular. I've seen a couple of those. It doesn't seem like it's... You've seen uh, them like in person? Well, no, not in person. <laughs> but I've seen videos of it, and it doesn't... Not that I frequent these places, yeah, because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm old and married. It seems like everybody knows and your name. And I respect, you know, women Where too much. everybody knows your name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't... It looked kind of strange. It's, uh, it's it definitely... It's you'd see you in know, Amsterdam in a red light district. I don't know if I'd want a girl grinding on my door, like <laughs> on the car, car you know, like, yeah, that's a little... That's, that's weird. Um, you know, for some guys, maybe they like that sort of thing, but you know, I'm, I'm, I don't if really, they detail yeah, like the car, said, maybe. Maybe, that maybe yeah, like, if they detail like, the, uh, get a little yeah, armor you know, on there, get, get the, like the hard to reach. Like you were talking about yeah. vacuuming the interiors of our car. If they want to vacuum the interior of our car for it, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, it was just I'll uh, some hot wings while you do that. But I mean, only, only a athlete would say, well, it was really just for the wings. I just yeah. stopped in to get yeah. the wings. That's where I go to get wings. Because at that a strip world joint. famous strip club food. Especially uh, at places yeah. with dirt and gravel parking <laughs> lots. We all know how great that food is. Maybe they have like a five-star Michelin chef back there that's just yeah, throwing, exactly. like whipping up these like great, you know, uh, wings. I don't know. Maybe they do. You know, that's everyone has to start somewhere. <laughs> it's yeah, but that was just the worst excuse ever. Uh, yeah, Major League Baseball had a huge. I mean, they're continuing to have a huge issue with people leaving, coming back, testing positive. Uh, you know, the commissioner Rob Manfred threatened them. Over the weekend, saying we might have to shut down the league on Monday. No one took it seriously. On Monday, he had to walk that back. But baseball's having a huge problem with. Was it the Marlins or something? Or the, the Marlins or some, and now the somebody. Cardinals? Yeah. And, and so baseball's having a huge problem. And I think that, you know, this, this can be helpful to the NFL in terms of. You know, you know, preparing, preparing for you know the the start of the season. But I mean, you know, we're already not going to have the preseason, and and uh, you know, a lot of those players that usually get a chance uh, to shine in the preseason, you know, they won't have that this time around. But because of some of these opt outs, it may give the like we like you mentioned, Ben, it might give some of those guys that are stocking shelves that you know the Safeway or whatever. A chance the piggly to wiggly? the piggly wiggly. You know, I, I was just trying to come up with uh, <laughs> you know stores that we don't really have out here. I just it, love it, the piggly. Wiggly. I, I, I can't. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's who, more of an eastern and southern thing. Southern, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who names it that? Yeah, I, that's an awesome name. I don't know the piggly wiggly. Uh, it rolls right off your tongue, uh, sort of when you're not drinking. Uh, out, here, out here, it's boring. Vaughn's, yeah. Ralph's, <laughs> Safeway, Sprouts. They all have one name. Sprout. Trader Joe's is awesome. Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's yeah. is awesome. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it, a, it gives those. What's, what's uh? What's the other one that has the Farmer John? No, not Farmer. That the, the other store. What do they uh, sell? They're more like in San Bernardino and Riverside. And I don't go out there. I can't remember the <laughs> name know. of it though. Yeah, but I mean, it gives those guys at least. You know, since some of these guys are opting out, a chance to play where otherwise they would have played in the preseason. So, you know, some guys might get a chance, but you know, whatever. I just thought I'd throw that in yeah. there. We're, we're, we're off topic, yeah. but you know, well, I mean, the NFL is going to have to learn their lessons here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know the NFL is a lot different. You don't travel for four or five game road stretches. You know, you, you fly in, you're essentially quarantined to the hotel, you have curfews and all this other thing. You know, they're more in a bubble than the Major League Baseball players are. 
But still, it doesn't take a, a large number of players to sneak out, to blow curfew, to go out to get some chicken wings, to bring it back to the team. So I think that this is the NFL is at a, an advantage to be able to learn from the NBA and Major League Baseball. I know they think, and all the people that work for the league or did work for the league think they're much, much different than these other leagues because they're already in a bubble of sorts. Uh, you know, I think that they really need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, Friday, uh, the NFL and CBS ranked the top 100 players going into the 2020 season. Mm -hmm. Frane, would you like to know what the rankings are? I don't think we want to go through all 100 of these. But I don't think Wet was once on the list. Uh, I don't think he was on. No, he had the to list. be. He had to be on the list. I don't think he's on the list, Let and that is very disappointing. If Wentz wasn't on the list, if Dak Prescott is on the list and Wentz is not, then I am. I'm, Ooh, just missed. Oh uh, yeah, look at Wentz, Ben right Roethlisberger, there. and Carson Wentz. That is some BS right there. Wait, ben Roethlisberger missed. And Austin Eckler missed. Yannick and Yeah. Wow. Matt See, Judon missed. Jarvis Landry missed. That is that, I mean, actually the misses are more interesting than I the know, actual seriously. Minka Fitzpatrick missed. You know, Dante Fowler is okay this season, you know. Minka Fitzpatrick missed. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's 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 an interesting list right there. And then who the hell's on the hundred? They better Jul not have they better not have any kickers on Julian, there. or as I say, Julian Edelman. <laughs> Edelman missed. Wow. Yeah. All right. So you want to start? How many of these you want to go through? Is Antonio Brown on here? No, <laughs> no, if he's on here, I'll be pissed. But how do you pay, take Roethlisberger and Wentz off this yeah, list? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sort of sense. Let's just go through the first 20. Let's go, well, yeah, first 20, whatever. You know, I, I, uh, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, okay. We, uh, we all get that. Okay, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, that's that's idiotic to not have a quarterback. Yeah. And number two, that's yeah. ridiculous. Russell Wilson yeah, how many games should they, be there. You yeah, know? you put Russell Wilson on the Rams, <laughs> and you take Arnold, Aaron Donald and put him on the Seahawks. You think those records might be a little bit yeah, different? I, I think Michael that's Thomas. That's a moronic you know, Michael Thomas right had an awesome season also, but I wouldn't put him at number four. I might put some other guys up there a little bit One higher. through ten should be quarterbacks. It's yeah, just no question. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Donald. He could, I mean, they're the most important position in football. Yeah, this is yeah. A, this is not the top one hundred. This is the top one hundred, you know, most important players in the league, not the top one hundred players that you like. Uh, number three, Russell Wilson should be number one. Michael Thomas, number four. If he yeah. had a quarterback, yeah. See, Christian McCaffrey, he should be higher. I think that's fair. I, number five, I think, is fair because he he, he carried that team like a lot of quarterbacks carry their team where he was basically everything for them this year. He's more important to the team than Aaron and Donald is. Stefan Gilmore, a cornerback, Ben. How do you feel I about know, a cornerback? A quarterback shouldn't even be in the top uh, yeah, 50. I, I, I mean, Stefan Gilmore at number Lamar six. Jackson Are you fucking kidding me? Lamar Jackson at seven. MVP talk yeah. for Lamar Jackson. He's at number seven. He's below Stefan Gilmore and, and Christian McCaffrey. As, as, as much as I respect Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson should be in the top three. Yeah, I mean, this is why it's so much fun. Like This is why I make fun of Adam Sheff and Skip Bayless and the rest of these guys because th those are the people that come up with these idiotic rankings and but for figuring out some way to get on television they wouldn't I don't know what they would be doing for a living because they're not particularly brave. Yeah. Uh Chandler Jones linebacker coming in at number eight I and mean, he's a great linebacker but number eight yeah uh Khalil Mack coming in at number nine 
Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers at number 10. What do you think about that yeah, one? He's in the top 10. He's in the top. He didn't have a great season this year. He didn't have some great you know, receivers. True. I think Drew Brees is a little high on the list, too. Yeah. I mean, it's going at 30 yard max. <laughs> uh, Cameron Jordan coming in at number 12. Newly signed Joey Bosa at 13. Uh, Julio, Julio Jones, Jones at 14. Brees? That far yeah. away from yeah. Michael Thomas. Are you yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, Quentin Nelson. TJ Watt. Ben, uh, at number yeah, TJ Watt at number sixteen. I'll, I'll go. I'll take that. That's okay. <laughs> no, uh, bi- no bias. No bias no whatsoever. Bias. Ezekiel Elliott at number seventeen. Yeah, oh, he's good. But I don't know uh, if he's seventeen. Good. But George Kittle at eighteen. Obviously, yeah, George Kittle is better actually, than is better than Elliott to his overall no, I, no, team success. Yeah, I think Kittle, Brady, and Kelsey are all better than Elliott because Elliott didn't. I mean, he's good, but he didn't elevate the team the same way. I mean, Tom no. Brady carried that team this year. George Kittle was the best tight end in football this year. Elliott is I mean, essentially Travis Kelsey. Actually, is also. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's an argument between who's the better tight end between those two guys, yeah. and they accomplished way more this year than Zeke. Come yeah, on, to me, Zeke is, Zeke is essentially water. Yeah, I'm gonna take. A shot. Yeah, you should take, take a shot. shot. That's Zeke, and give me a tiny, tiny one. We'll do the the yeah, 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 the grapefruit. So Zeke is essentially to me, he's water. <laughs> he will fill whatever space is available to him. So if the team does well, he will do well. If the team's doing badly, he will do badly. He's incapable of doing what Kirsten McCaffrey did last year, oh, yeah. which is play on a team that is struggling, but still play at an exceptionally high level. That is not Ezekiel Elliott, sorry to say. Uh, yeah, so Tom Brady at 19, Kittle at 18, Travis Kelsey at 20, Von Miller at 21, probably too high this late in his career. Yeah. Uh, Grady Jarrett, that's probably fair. And for Nick Bosa to be this far below his brother. Yeah. After playing just lights just out to, uh, last because year. he signed a contract or what? When was this made? I don't know, but I mean Nick Nick Bosa he, he was he was rookie this year. Was he a rookie? Yeah, and he's I mean he played amazing yeah, this year as a rookie. And he's twenty four. That's that's come on. Let's do a shot yeah, to your Ezekiel Elliott criticism. Yeah, actually, oh, that's I, too think small. I think your shot. That's yeah, too okay, small. Okay, okay, a little bit more. I'm gonna pour a little bit oh, more for my myself. Goodness. All right, all right. All right. Shameful. Uh, Danielle Hunter at twenty five. Uh, Jalen Ramsey coming in at 26, another cornerback. Are you fucking Carson Wentz out? <laughs> ben Roethlisberger out, but in the top 25, well, but, okay. you've got two corners. But Ben Roethlisberger didn't p- play last year. Whereas, but Carson Wentz got, he almost beat the Cowboys no, no, in the, or the Seahawks but, but in the playoffs. But I'm saying that's what, well, uh, no, he didn't. He got injured. But Carson, right, but, he almost, but if he had stayed yeah, healthy, no, but, they probably would have won carried, that game. He really carried the team at the end. Of the, I mean, him and you know the the backup to the backup to the backup of the receivers. They really carried that team, and that's that is extremely disrespectful. Because yeah, he didn't have to learn new receivers yeah. or anything like that, <laughs> no. or learn new running backs. Uh, tendencies. He no, didn't have wait. to learn any of that. Nah. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line was completely intact <laughs> all season. Uh, I mean, this is why it's yeah, see a little bit more. I poured an extra right, drop there in we there. Go. Yeah, so this is, this is the grapefruit bird dog. Whiskey. Try it. I like it. I might have to I mean I might have to talk some more shit about Antonio Brown just for the fuck of it. <laughs> Ronnie Stanley coming in at twenty seven. Uh all right. Uh Zadarius Smith obviously played lights out last year. Chris for, Godwin also a baller. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Lane Johnson, finally mm-hmm. a Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagle on his list, coming yeah. in at thirty. One of the best offensive linemen. Oh, hell yes. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 31. Mm-hmm. 31. How fa- how far away from Michael Thomas and Julio Jones is DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably better yeah. and then than Michael Thomas? J.J. Watt. I mean, he wasn't even healthy. No, I mean, this guy he's never stay. been healthy. 
Cameron Haywood, Haywood Ben, I mean, Hayward. Oh, ben? Cam Hayward, but he is healthy and all. No, no, yeah, healthy. of course. Uh, so I don't know about Tyron Matthew. Tyron that, Matthew. This, that's really that's a little bit of a reach for yeah. Tyron Matthew. I mean, he's good. He's not thirty four, but he's yet. a leader of men. Yes, that's why he's on the list because he calls Skip Bayless back. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, he's okay. I mean, I yeah, think yeah, he was he's, great he's, for he's a minute. We'll see how he is. You know, in his, in his third year. Uh, Chris Jones. All right, all right. Harrison Smith coming in at 37. Bobby Wagner at 38. Best linebacker in the league comes in at 38. Is there a bug behind the screen? It looks uh, like there was like a, no, there a, might be. Oh, man. How did it get behind the screen? It's just crawling yeah, in. Was weird. It was, it was, now it's gone. It's it'll, it'll die in. eventually. Yeah, Bobby Wagner should be way higher, especially if you have those other linebackers up there. Calais Campbell at 39. Alvin Kamara at 40. Way I mean, below Elliott. Are you kidding me? Well, the only More reason, versatile than Elliott. No, well, I agree with that, but they didn't utilize him this year. I mean, they, they really should have. I mean, I, I, what, 797? Uh, how many times did he carry the ball? I mean, it was, it was way under Zeke, and that was disappointing for the Saints to underutilize such a versatile yeah, running back. Six, almost 600 Pretty yards. Sad, run, actually. Uh, on the on the Through the air? Yeah. 800 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Schwartz, never heard of him. Kansas City Chiefs tackle. I'm sure it's good. But I probably should know him. <laughs> Jamal Adams at 42. Four draft picks and a Lamborghini for number and, 42. Well, yeah, where's Minka? Minka's on there, I'm sure. Somewhere no, he's, down. he got knocked off. I think he's, I think he's no, on there. No, really? he's not. Minka's he was, he was one there. of the snubs. Was he a snub? No. Yeah. Minka? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I love these lists. They're yeah. so ridiculous. Uh, Tyree Kill at 43. Either he should be way higher or way lower. I don't know. But he shouldn't it, be here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Either he's one of the best wide receivers in the league or he's not. Yeah. Uh, Dak, oh, my God. We're coming. I'm, I'm, okay, we have Tyreek Kill, Dalvin Cook, which I think Dalvin Cook, when he's healthy, he could be a great running back in the league. Mike Evans, also a Dak baller. Dak Prescott at 46. Dak Prescott at 46. And you don't have Roethlisberger or when. Stop pointing at the shop, man. <laughs> but this is a travesty. <laughs> this is a complete travesty. You were trying to, you, this, you were trying to get me drunk, weren't you? Just by this list right It's all here. part of my master plan. But this is ridiculous. Okay, he threw for 5,000 yards, but they finished 8-8 eight and eight the season. A fully loaded team that couldn't take down an Eagles team that was completely decimated with injuries. They finish eight and eight, and this guy's number forty six. And Wentz is off the list, and Roethlisberger's off the list. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. This I think you should do a shot. Completely, this is it's some, a travesty. This is bullshit. It's abhorrent. Oh my god, it's abhorrent to me. But now, as I sit here today, as Franny pours himself a shot and me a little tiny <sighs> shot, uh, now I understand how everyone felt about Derek Jeter. All right. Now I'm starting to understand why everyone was such a Derek Jeter hater. Because his numbers weren't spectacular, other than his hit total. And he was not the best shortstop in the league. But he got a lot of press, and he got rated really high, and he always made the all-star team. The difference to everyone out there that's listening to this podcast between Derek Jeter and Dak Prescott is that Derek Jeter played lights out almost Every single opportunity that he had in the playoffs, put his body on the line, got game-winning hits, made game-winning stops on defense, and made the most spectacular play at home plate against the Oakland A's that any baseball player has ever made on defense. Mm -hmm. So now I understand why people dislike Derek Jeter. But Dak Prescott is none of those things. No, and you know what? Else? None of those things in the postseason. Derek Jeter also won World Series. <laughs> Four of them. 
And what has Dak Prescott done? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, he throws for 5,000 yards, garbage yards mostly. But when it counts, and I've defended him in the past. Because you continue to defend him for some reason. He usually, you know, comes up big in crucial situations. But this year, in the most crucialest of situations, he was not able to overcome an Eagles team that had absolutely no receivers whatsoever. He was yep. overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. I mean, he just he couldn't get out of his own way in that game when it mattered most. And to put him on this list and keep Wentz off it, and yeah, exactly. I, it does. It makes absolutely no sense. This is idiotic. This. I mean, the only reason he's on there is because there are tons of Cowboys fans uh, in this country. And that's why Derek and, Jeter got all the, the airplay. Well, yeah, yeah, that that too. Uh, and, and, and so just to appease those folks out there that root for this team, they put him on this list, and he does not deserve it whatsoever. If he does make it on the list, he should be number 100, but Wentz should be at least in that 40 to 60 mix. He should be, oh, let's do the shot. Cheers. 100, but then asterisk. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just think it's pathetic, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I, and I'm going to trademark this right now. I'm going to make T-shirts of this. Dak Prescott, all neck, no cattle. That is my new expression. That's People in Texas will get that. Not sure what that means. All hat, no cattle. It's a, an expression that came from, I think, Texas or somewhere in the south. In other words, you know, you have a nice hat. You look really good, but there's nothing behind it. You're just a, an empty suit. Mm. You're an empty sort of. But if you look at him, his neck is always like this just. His neck is huge. But that is, I mean, that is this. I mean, like, you know, let's go down to this. Miles Garrett. All right. Okay. Nice big contract this year. Devontae Adams. Okay. He's the only wide receiver they got. Derwin James. I don't really watch the Chargers too much this year. Zach he's Martin. A great safety. Zach Martin should be higher on the list yep. because he's keeping Dak Prescott's ass up. Yeah. Upright. Yep. And, and the refrigerator box himself. <sighs> Uh, Demario Davis at 51, Tredavious, uh, Tredavious White at 52, Geno Atkins at 53, Fletcher Cox coming in at 54. Oh, so pretty disappointing. Brandon yeah. Brooks coming in at 55. Eagles all over this, all yeah, over the Brandon Brooks, uh, Brooks, unfortunately, with the injury in the yep. offseason. Uh, DeForest Buckner coming in at 56, Richard Sherman at 57. Oh, I know you don't agree with Richard that, Richard fucking Sherman over Ben Roethlisberger and Carson Wentz. Okay. Yeah, uh, over, it, uh, over Mika Fitzpatrick. That that yeah, you, no, really? no 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 yeah that doesn't really? make any sort of sense. If he played for if he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he wouldn't even be on this list. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't matter how good of a player you are, not whether you play for a team that almost won the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Demarcus Lawrence eh, is eh. also Marlon mm. Humphrey, Bud Dupree, well, another Steeler coming in at sixty. <laughs> Should be higher. Eric Kendricks, Deshaun Watson coming in at sixty-two. That is also very disappointing. I mean, are that you is, kidding me? Behind Eric Kendricks, Deshaun Watson should behind Eric Kendricks. Deshaun Watson should be in the top twenty. Yeah, top this twenty. Is, I mean, this is a ridiculous. I mean, technically, list. he should be in the top ten. They every there shouldn't even be a, anyone that's not a quarterback in the top. And 10. AJ Green shouldn't even be on the list right now. And he's right after Deshaun Watson. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, that is also a despicable rating for Deshaun Watson. That is BS. Yeah, AJ Green didn't play last year either. Yeah, no, sixty three. Odell Beckham, 64, yeah. way too high. Uh, yep. Joe Thune. Oh, God. Okay. Keenan Allen. You know, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen should be higher. He should be higher. He is very underrated in this league. Yeah. Levante David at 67. Zach Ertz at 68. Only hey. the second, third best tight end in exactly. the league. Exactly. You you, <laughs> Kittle and Kelsey, Kelsey. And then Ertz. And then Ertz is 
right up there with those guys and to be 68. Derrick Henry at 69. God, this guy carried the team also late in the season. Oh, my God. Matt Ryan should be higher, too. I think Matt Ryan um, deserves to be also nah, maybe about I- I'm 10 trying to warm 15. up. I'm watching his interviews. He's doing a lot of stuff on Zoom. He was really self-deprecating this week. said he was the, the best quarterback in the NFC South, <laughs> but did it in a very... You know, joking, self-deprecating. Yeah. No, way, but I mean, for, for seventy, for seventy. I mean, out of all these guys on this list, would you rather Nick have Chubb? Fucking Nick Chubb yeah. at number seventy-one. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, no. Carson Wentz, no. Yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick, no. Mm. Carlos Dunlap, yeah, he's, he's getting up there in, in the years though. Mm. Joe Mixon, Ugh. Melvin Ingram, eh, I guess you can go with that. Yeah, Patrick Peterson, seventy-five, didn't play again. Didn't play last, most of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Kelsey at seventy-six. Very, I mean, it's respectable for his age and everything. Everything's done for the team. Yeah, it's respectable. Lyle Collins, the entire offensive line for Cowboys should be there. Cowboys, yeah. Cowboys tackle. Justin Simmons, seventy-eight. Darren Waller, are you Darren Waller? I mean, he's a good tight end, but he's mm-hmm. not Zach Ertz's. No. Uh, Tyron Smith at 80. Cowboys tackle. Amari Cooper at eighty-one. Oh my god. Shaquille- <laughs> uh, you know. Shaquille Barrett at number eight. It's okay. Yeah, I I think Amari Cooper does deserve to be on the list. Lower down on the list as he is. You need to play (laughs) to win the game. You have to be on the field. When your coach doesn't trust you to be on the field in a a win or go home game. But a a few uh, rungs down on the list is Juju Smith-Schuster at 84. I don't think Juju deserves to be on this list at all. I agree. Yeah. I mean, he did not play well last year and then the year before that. Nope. He dropped. Oh, I know. Before, it, I know okay, it wasn't but. his own fault, but he did drop some big balls uh, the season before that. So yeah, I agree. Juju should not be on this list, uh, especially if Minka is 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 off it. I mean, I'm Minka surprised. was like I thought, I thought Minka, Minka was, was probably I, the I, second I best player on our entire defense. I, I thought last year. Minka was. I mean, the first fucking game that he played. I mean, he he should just deserve to be on this list because of that game that he played first game back compared to some of these other guys on here. Yeah, David Bactari, uh, Bactari, <laughs> Bactari. Try to get these uh, Kirk Cousins. What roll your Kirk, R? Kirk, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk. Cousins from the Ukraine. No. Kirk motherfucking cousins. And then uh, Ryan Jensen. Would you like? <laughs> what, what were you going to say? I don't know. How are you going to finish that Whenever off? they eat in, in the Ukraine. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins on the list. Ben Roethlisberger and Carson like Wentz off the list. Stuffed cabbage. Kirk Cousins is on the list and Carson Wentz yeah, is That not. does not make any sense <laughs> whatsoever. But Kirk Cousins did play. Next is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick in the coming post, in at 87. In the postseason. He did play in the postseason and he beat the Saints. And he made some big plays in that game. But it chill, I mean, it still shouldn't put him on this list. Josh Allen coming in at 88. Ryan mm. Jensen, uh, Buccaneers center coming in at 87. Or Preston Eric, Smith. Yeah. Eric, I think Eric Armstead should actually deserve. I mean, he deserves he to be, a little be bit higher. higher on this yeah. list. That, that, that entire uh, Niners uh, defense. Stefan Diggs, is that much is that much worse at 91 than yeah, the that, other wide receivers that, that makes, were up on that, that list? That doesn't make any sense. Kenny Clark. I I think they just put a whole bunch of names in a hat and threw it up in the air and just like saw which names landed closer to that person who threw the hat up in the air. And just I'm telling you, this is the Skip Bayless makes some of some of the shit just make sense. Colin Cowherd list. This this is what this is. Yeah, (sighs) you know the guys that the the pick six podcast list. Uh, Jimmy Ward coming in at ninety three. Kevin Byard coming in at 94. Aaron Jones. Even Aaron, Aaron Jones? Jones at 95. I think he should be a little bit higher than that. He was the only and there is running no threat they had. 
Okay, Darius Slay. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at. I'm just, I'm just looking at Philadelphia Eagles cornerback without looking at the name. <laughs> but it's Darius Slay. Okay, yeah, Darius. Slay. Let's let's give him a pass. Yeah, he's, he's with the Eagles yeah. now. But if I saw a cornerback for the Eagles in the top 100, any one of them should not be anywhere close to the top 1,000. At 97, four wins last year. Four. Yeah, Cooper Cup. I four. Mean, I mean, Cooper Cup. Four. When he's on the field. When four. He's, when he's on the field. Four. <laughs> when he's four. On, they won more than four games. Uh, oh, he played more than four. How many games? I think the Rams didn't. The Rams go four and twelve last year. Oh no, the Raiders. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was, you're getting them a little mixed up. No, the uh, the Rams. I think were nine and seven. Uh, but Cooper Cup, when he's on the field, he is one of the better receivers out there. He actually he, he does run very good routes. He's got some very good hands. I don't I don't I don't disagree with that. All right, DJ Clark coming at ninety eight. Right. Darius Leonard at 99 and Mark Andrews at 100. Yeah, I was going to say let's go through the top 20, but you know we went through the top 100 yeah. right there because there was we a lot of pretty fast, you though. wanted to get to Dak Prescott. You really <laughs> wanted to piss me off, I did. Ben. I did. But look, Austin Eckler off. Ben Roethlisberger off. Carson Wentz off. Uh, Matt Judon off. Jarvis Landry. But Julian Edelman, that is a lot of disrespect. Minka Fitzpatrick right there. Yeah. Uh, for fifth line down. That is also a ton of. You know Dante Fowler also. I mean, he didn't have the greatest season, but he had. Yeah, he, I, I would still put him on the list ahead of some of those other guys out there. Um, Marcus Peters off the list. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. So there's, there's Kenny some, Galladay off. There, there are some interesting players there that could have been on the list. Take a couple of other names off the list. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, me and you, Ben, would be able to put a, a better list together. Maybe we should. Maybe we should yeah, before the beginning we of the season. We should put our top one hundred going into the season, or top yeah, and, fifty, and, and and pretty much all of them. I mean, the first five, six, seven, eight players would be quarterbacks because those are the most important players. I mean, obviously, corner. I mean, the, it's a team game, but there are some players that deserve a little more respect than others, and uh, you know, to to have Deshaun Watson that low on this list below. Dak Prescott? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous. Playoffs? Don't talk about <laughs> playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Did I sound? I did I sound like that? Right kind of a little bit. Uh, yeah, Are but, you I mean, kidding me, Ben? But, but Aaron Donald? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, nothing taking taken away from Aaron Donald at his position. No, I mean, obviously, he's, but he's an there, amazing you player. know what? He can't win or lose a game for you. Yeah. Every yeah. quarterback can win or lose a game for you. Lamar Jackson should be ahead of him. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Lamar was. Jackson also. I mean, Deshaun Lamar Watson should be ahead of him. Aaron Rodgers should be ahead of him. I mean, mo- most quarterbacks that are in the top fifteen should be ahead of those mm-hmm. guys. That's mm-hmm. just the way that it is. Yeah. Uh, we should look at next week. Let's let's look at the Madden ratings. If they have the Madden ratings, for oh some yeah, of these everybody's players. all pissed off yeah, about yeah, that yeah. because you see where their priorities. Yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their priorities are not where they should be. If you're worried about Ooh. what your Madden <laughs> ratings are. All right, Friday. We got. Uh, we're going to go through the secondary rankings, but we'll do that next week. Yeah. Uh, Friday. What's next? That dragged cool? down a little bit longer than I expected. <laughs> yeah. I was that 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 was. I was a little pissed off about uh, Dak Prescott right there. You know what really grinds my gears? That was my portion of the show right there, where I <laughs> exhibit what really grinds my gears. Dak Prescott, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is every Cowboys fan out there. <laughs> All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is a shout-out to our new and loyal listeners out there. All right. Thank you all so much to our new listeners, as well as our loyal listeners that have been with us for a long, long time. Since 2008, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening today, tonight, 
in the morning, in the evening, whenever you listen to this awesome podcast, please consider heading over to our website, thirstygold.buzzbrow.com, or search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review. Please punch that rating and review button. Please, five stars on Apple Podcast. If you could do that, we would truly appreciate it. And you have a homework assignment for this week. Everyone loves homework, especially now. Uh, parents love it. Teachers love it. You know, school remotely. Everyone's really into this whole uh, remote education thing. I know everyone is thrilled with it. So a, a fun homework assignment. So for kids, adults, anyone out there, please find one person, one person that you know and recommend our podcast to them. Take their phone away, find their podcatcher, and put Thirsting Gold Podcast in their phone. We would truly, truly appreciate it. So thank you all so much, especially to our loyal listeners as well as our new listeners. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have a shout-out to one of our fellow football podcasters out there. All right, hold on, everybody. We'll be right back with a shout-out to one of our fellow independent podcasters. So thank you all. All right, folks, we are back and we are going to play a promo for the New York Jets fans podcast. This is an awesome NFL and New York Jets podcast hosted by Davin, Chris and Charmin. They talk about all updates on the New York Jets, as well as talk about the NFL in general. These guys are knowledgeable, fun, and they don't hold back their opinions. You can find them at Apple Podcasts. Look for a link in the show notes, and you can find them on Twitter at Jets Fans Podcast. Check out NY Jets Fans Podcast for all your weekly Jets and NFL news, game previews, and reviews for all Jets games. Join hosts Davin, Sharman, and Chris weekly for all things Jets, NFL, and some laughs also. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. NY Jets Fans Podcast, where Jets and NFL fans come for all things football. All right, Ben. And that was the New York Jets Fans Podcast. Awesome show. I know you will say it every single week. They are awesome. It seems like they're passionate about the Jets. And, and that can't be like, easy. No, I'm, well, but the Jets fans, Jets fans don't get enough credit for being, I mean, they always talk about Kansas City. They talk about the 12th man for Seattle, but they never talk about the Jets fans because they're always sort of overshadowed, at, overshadowed by, I've been drinking too much, overshadowed by the Giants. And yeah, the Jets sure. do not get enough credit. Their fans do not get enough credit. Absolutely, because they should be more like Charger fans, essentially not showing up yeah. to the yeah. games because of how they're treated by their ownership as well as the front office because they don't necessarily always put a good product on the field. Nope. But these guys are awesome, and their coverage of the NFL in general is really, really top-notch. So we, uh, you know, I couldn't recommend them enough. Mm -hmm. Frane loves them as well. Frane? What's ne oh, actually, not what's next up on the big board. Well, you know what, Ben? You oh, want to talk about a beer, actually. You know, we, the last few weeks, about four or five weeks now, we've been least. trying beers from your childhood. Not yes. childhood, but early adolescence, late yeah. adolescence. <laughs> late, 
Early adolescence. I'd like to say it was late, but it was early. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's say it's late. Uh, So, you know, when you were about, you know, you you grew up in a rural area in New York, and uh, you you tasted a lot of beers. Sub-urban. Yeah, (laughs) sub-suburban. Sub-rural urban. (laughs) uh, A part of New York. Sub-ruralin. Sub-ruralin. New York, where, you know, you... You know, you sipped on um, very common, you know, beers that you find at the supermarket, like all this, all the basic stuff that I don't, I, I never really drank. I mean, I, you know, I, I, went, I know, I, went, I know, I, Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton. Not, I mean, you're like, you're a few years older than me, <laughs> so there weren't as many options, maybe. As, as when you were when, when you were you know a certain age as when I was a certain age, uh, so I, I I started drinking more of the um, uh, you know European sort of yes, beers. Not, nothing nothing crazy. It's not yeah, you know like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know I'd, I'd, I'd venture out and, and 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 have certain beers, but it'd be like the Amstel Heineken that sort of thing. But you went with the straight American Bud Light, American. Coors, Miller, all that yeah. stuff. But all that stuff was all crap to me. And that's why I never really drank it. I'm sorry, Ben. Uh, but it was very It was common. the heartland of New York. Uh, yeah, I People guess. don't realize there is a heartland in New York. <laughs> but, it's and, not and all New York City, folks. You were, you were part of that heartland, Ben. And uh, tonight you have a beer from your adolescence. I do. I do. So, uh, you know, many well, people that know me know I had a job at a uh, beer <laughs> distributorship and wholesaler but i was far too young to be hired into that job exactly i was gonna say back in the day we didn't have to be 21 yeah i did have to be 21 i was like 15 worked there for a year or two before i ran the forklift off the dock and then was terminated (laughs) from that job um (laughs) so but luckily uh someone came to my rescue and reminded them that i was not old enough to be working there in the first place so there were no charges filed in your face uh but (laughs) It, uh, so I did. I drank a lot of the Bud, the Bud Light, the Bud Ice. I loved Bud Ice. Miller. Do they Pabst. still make Bud Ice? Do they have I, I don't Bud think ice? they make it anymore. It, yeah, it's, it's like it's uh, like uh, uh, Crystal Pepsi. It yeah, doesn't the, exist the, anymore. Yeah, the ice was like a a, a trend there, like in the yeah. late '80s, early '90s. <laughs> was everything like, was ice. Was like menthol beer. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> even know. It was just more. It was a little more crisp. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure it was a little more crisp than the no flavor that it has. So you know, I we we had the Fosters a few weeks back, which is one of the first beers that we took without paying uh from that particular job we borrowed it we borrowed it and of course we always found a way you know we worked really hard to pay it back no it was it was Um, it was just it was it was taken from your uh from your paycheck from my paycheck yeah yeah. so and one of the uh one of the other beers that was one of the first does that place still exist no no no, no, okay so it doesn't matter yeah yeah. because my boss was always drunk in the office oh okay so which made it really easy to do the things that we did (laughs) as we were working or and get prepared for the later evening by you know you know, when your boss is drinking Bush 12 packs in the office and he had access to every conceivable beer, even at the time hey. we had really expensive beers in there, but he would drink the Bush, Bush. the Bush cans in his office. So we were free to do uh, whatever yeah. we would like to do in that place. Well, cheaper for him, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but his, wholesale. It, his mother owned the place, so I don't think he was enamored with his life choices. <laughs> I think he was in his 30s at that point. So. Uh, one of the beer, one of the first beers that we took and left in the Moosehead truck, out back to pick up after work was oh, Moosehead Ben. You yeah, gotta get some Moosehead. I love Moosehead. <laughs> I love me some Moosehead. That's from Milwaukee, right? Uh, Canada. Oh, was from Ca- oh, okay, yeah. all right. So one of the first beers that we, you know, because a lot of people came in and bought it, and I was like, well, that seems interesting. So one of the first beers that we took, put out in the truck, and borrowed to drink in the woods, and admittedly at the time we were not thrilled with it, uh, was Samuel Smith's original oatmeal stout. 
which was, you know, now is popular with the hipsters, but at the time it was popular with sort of the old folks that came or older folks that came into the, to the distributorship. And I just wanted to give a little bit of this to Frane tonight and get his opinion yeah. on it because it's not cheap. Uh, and at the time, it wasn't cheap. Well, how much is this bottle? Man? I mean, it's this a large bottle. bottle. I mean, it's, 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 I think five ninety nine. It's about twenty four like ounces. It's yeah. a twenty four ounce bottle. It was like okay. six bucks, I think, for yeah. the bottle. Yeah. So, you know, we took it. We took it into the woods, and of course, we immediately went back to the Fosters, the Bud, and the uh, the more lighter yeah. Milwaukee's yeah. best I mean, variety is, of beer. Is, I mean, once I poured it in, I, I I expected it to be a light beer. I've I've never heard of this beer. Maybe I should have. I've never heard of it. Uh, uh, yes, but you I didn't. Have. I didn't expect it to be. A dark. Is it a porter? What, what is it? Is it a uh, it's an oatmeal stout? Oh, oatmeal. Okay, oatmeal stout. Product right. of England. Oh, oh, well, we we you know how we feel about those. Products but some from of the people that I really liked would come into the store and they would buy this, and I thought, you know what? And they came in like small bottles, twelve ounce, six pack bottles back then. You know, actually, and I just wanted Franny to taste one of the the first I mean, beers smells. that I took into the woods. It smells very nice to drink. It's, it smells actually very nice. Has a little bit of a, like a, I mean, a chocolatey, you know, chocolatey sort of notes, a little bit of sourness on the note as well. Interesting, um, interesting nose. That's nice. It smells nice. Uh, it tastes. Let me, let me give it a shot. Let me yeah. give it a shot. Let's see, let how, see, let's, let's see how this tastes. You'll see that a, a 15 year old band was not enamored with this. <laughs> and I could see why. I mean, you, you kind of move on from like the lighter beers to the darker beers and you appreciate the darker beers after tasting light ones. So that's gives us a shot. I don't mind it. You know, it's actually not bad. It's actually lighter. It's actually pretty good. It's actually lighter than I expected it to be. Yeah, it's not as robust uh, in terms of its texture. It has, has actually a little bit of, it has nice sort of chocolatey notes on the finish. Um, has more flavor than some of the beers that we've tried in the previous weeks. You know, the Millers, the Coors, uh, you know, the, the Budweiser, the, the Fosters. I mean, it just has a, a different uh, flavor profile than those other ones. Um, and the fact that it does have more flavor... Um, it, it, it makes it that much better. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, I would expect to have a little more, uh, chocolate to it has a little bit and maybe a little more coffee that you'd expect from a stout, but it is actually not bad. It's, 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 it's actually good, light, dark beer. Yeah. Well, you know, you, it's, 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 it's not bad. What would you give it on our thirsty goal rating scale? Of, you know, this I would give Was it worth risking my job to steal it? <laughs> When I was 15 years Back old. Back then, you didn't like it. I can understand why you didn't like it. Uh, you know, a lot of young kids these days that try beer for the first oh, time. Probably, kids these days you know, with they're, their they're, beer taste. Well, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, Their palate. <laughs> so immature. Uh, a lot of like, you know, IPAs are so, you know, big these days where, you know, darker beers aren't, you know, as huge. But um, I would say a six. A six out of ten. Ooh, that's it's lower actually, than I would have expected. Really? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I, mean, it's I, I just... I like would, it. No, it's, it's it's a solid, drinkable beer. I actually I actually expected it to be a little bit heavier than it is, which it's it's light, which is nice. Um, but uh, I would I would just expect as much flavor as it has compared to those other beers. It yeah, doesn't yeah. have as much as maybe some other stouts, but it's a, it's, it's a nice, light, sippable dark beer. Yeah, and it's a crazy thick bottle. It's only one pint, 2.7 ounces, so that's what, 18, 19 ounces? Mm-hmm. So this bottle must be really thick. I mean, the glass must be thick, because yeah. it looks like it's about 24 ounces. Yeah, it actually, it's, it's a large bottle. So thank you, Samuel Smith. It's, uh, be, it's better than the Boddington's, it, that's for sure. Boddington's? It way became better than that. hip more recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Frontier, 
we're taking another trip down memory lane next week. I don't know what it'll be. Uh, it's Who's actually saying? it's actually hard to find American beers even in like a total yeah. line. Their American beer section is like six feet long, <laughs> and then it's everything else in the world. Moosehead, man. If you can find Moosehead, it's Canadian, but oh, Moosehead. Moosehead was one of my all-time yeah. favorites. That St. Pauli Girl's coming up, too. Oh, St. Pauli Girl. St. Pauli Girl's actually, a I've good one. Saint, I've had St. Pauli Girl. Oh, you had that? Yeah, it's it's light. Bex? Well, of course, Bex, yeah. Well, of course. I mean, who hasn't had Bex? <laughs> no, I mean, but you haven't had, but you haven't had, have you had Lowenbrow? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. Thank God I don't have to buy that one. See, Lohenbrau it's is gross. better than some of the other ones that I tried. It's it's like Heineken. No, it's skunky. It has yeah. that skunkiness to it. Definitely has that. A huge yeah. skunkiness yeah. to it, yeah. And mm-hmm. it used to come in those like eight ounce bottles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, God. but it it, it, it it sounds like it's fancy. I mean, it's Lohenbrau. Yeah. It has a lion on the, <laughs> yeah. on the, on the label. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news, your Steelers, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. All right, Friday. Who would you like to start with? Who is first on the agenda? The ben? Eagles. Let's start with the Eagles. All so right. You have to flip through pages. As Jimmy Kempinski of the Philly Voice pointed out this morning, the Philadelphia Eagles' current wide receiver room, excluding Deshaun Jackson, who completed just one game last year, has a combined total of 52 career catches for just 631 yards. With Marquise Goodwin choosing to opt out of the 2020 season and Alshon Jeffrey start this, or will start the season on the PUP list, the team's depth at wide receiver is once again looking quite thin. The Eagles, of course, did select three lightning quick receivers in this year's draft and are obviously expecting quite a bit. And we talked about him, Jalen Rieger. Uh, however, one of the biggest reasons Goodwin was brought in was to act as, act as DJAC's insurance, just in case the veteran deep threat went down to injury again. With Goodwin out of the picture completely, a whole ton of pressure is now being put on last year's practice squad hero, Greg Ward mm-hmm. Jr. Of those before mentioned 52 catches and 631 yards, Ward has over 50% of the catches and over 40% of the yards. Despite appearing in just seven games last year, Ward finished the year as Carson Wentz's number one option down the stretch. Prior to Goodwin announcing his opt-out, there were questions regarding if Ward would even be making the final roster. Deshaun is expected to come back as the team's wide receiver one, Arcega on white side, <laughs> just a year removed from being a complete bust. And the team selected three rookie wide receivers, uh, as we previously mentioned, or I previously mentioned, with Goodwin expected to be the primary backup deep threat it looked like Ward would be fighting for a job once again, but now it looks like Greg Ward will be on your roster. I thought it was an abomination mm-hmm. that the thought had even crossed anyone's mind in Eagle Land not to have Greg Ward, who was a savior for you guys down yeah, the stretch. He was. What do you think about the I fact s- that Greg Ward's going to be asked to step up? Yeah, well, I mean, he stepped up last year, and and we know what you to expect. Say that yeah, we know what to expect from this guy, and he's got more talent than just at the wide receiver position. He also played quarterback in college as well, and uh, so you can line him up in multiple positions. I mean, you know, in the backfield somewhere as a wide receiver, but as a quarterback, I mean, you, yep. can, you can do so many things with Greg Ward. And the trick plays and that Peterson loves. Yeah, he loves those plays. And uh, so I can definitely see him playing in multiple positions. And I would hate to see the Eagles play the season without Greg Ward on the roster. Um, yeah. What do you think, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I just think these things are so strange to me. They're so NFL players or NFL coaches and ownership are so conservative. You have someone like Greg Ward, who was clearly deserves a shot this year. Yeah. Someone like Boston Scott, 
who clearly deserves a shot this year, no matter how great you are in one season, you know, it, it's it's if everyone else is healthy and the veterans are healthy, like, well, I mean, I know you rushed for 800 yards last year in 12 games, but, eh, you know, we got, you know, LaShawn McCoy over there. So you're going to sit on the practice squad this year. Greg Ward, I know you carried the team at the wide receiver position last year, but LaShawn well, McCoy's not there, but yeah. well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's their mentality. Like who, I mean, I, I'd rather have a 32 year old running back off the scrap heap. than give Boston Scott mm-hmm. a shot. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a, you know, a 36 year old, uh, whoever come in rather than give Greg Ward a shot. And I think it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad yeah. in a way that Goodwin, opted out of this season because I think Greg Ward really deserves a shot because he was, I mean, him and Wentz had such yeah. a great connection. I mean, you can see, I mean, the guy had a passion and when you have passion to play football, then that's the guy you want on your team. That's the guy you want in the locker room to fire up these other guys. I mean, cause he didn't, he wasn't given the same chance as some of these other dudes, these other what big name wide receivers on well, the Eagles, not so big name, but they have a chance to play. Whereas he did not have that same chance. And so I want to see him on the roster next year and I'm sure a lot of Philly fans out there want to see him as well. Yeah, because our Sega Whiteside came in very, you know, well touted first yeah, round draft yeah. pick. Didn't bad hands. perform yeah. up to anyone's expectations really. And to even think that Greg Ward would have been the odd man out mm-hmm. from that wide receiving core would have been really, really disappointing. I mean, Scott and Ward were so much fun to watch last year. I mean, I know Scott's going to make the roster, mm-hmm. but they were so passionate and they were so enthusiastic about the, the opportunity that had been presented to them that they were able to carry the team in part on offense over the Dallas Cowboys. If you didn't have those two guys on the team, I don't know that you guys would have been able to overcome the Cowboys and win the division and go to the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. And even have an opportunity to beat with number the four, with number forty six rated quarterback on the top one hundred. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Carson Wentz not on the list, but you know, Frane and Ben could have made the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else to add about poor Greg Ward almost being uh, left off yeah, the list? I, I, I think that's really unfair for uh, for Greg Ward. That doesn't make any sort of sense. Yeah, to I mean me. that's a very Cowboys, you know, Raiders. Choice to make. Okay, Goodwin runs fast. Okay, give yeah. me the guy that runs yeah. fast. Yeah, not the guy that wants to catch the ball, but yeah. give me the guy that's really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Not that Greg Ward is slow. He's not, but yeah. I mean, just yeah. like Goodwin. I mean, DJX insurance. Yeah. I, I mean, come it, on. Yeah. Just because you can I, run I, you know, fast doesn't mean you the, can catch the ball. The Eagles have, uh, I believe, 14 wide receivers right now uh, to choose from. So hopefully, out of those guys, out of the stable of wide receivers that we have, we're able to find a few decent wide receivers. Yeah, and I'll tell you what passion can do. I mean, Heinz Ward, never fast, mm-hmm. never a particularly fleet of foot or even a great route runner, but passion can carry you a long way. Yeah. And if Greg Ward and Boston Scott have it, keep them on that roster. Uh, next up. Oh, can I move on? Um, let me think about it. Yes, Ben. Okay. Yes, you may. Next up. <laughs> oh from the Frane <laughs> department, James Conner. Steelers running back James Conner, a cancer survivor, won't opt out of the 2020 season over coronavirus concerns. Daniel Gallen of PenLive reported. Connor, only 25 years old, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2015 and underwent treatment during his career at Pitt under the NFL and NFL Players Association amended CBA for the 2020 season. Uh, Connor would have the option to opt out as a high-risk designation and receive $350,000 a full year of uh, time under his belt, as well as full benefits, a player with high-risk designation is able to do that. Connor, a third-round pick in 2017, is entering the final year of his rookie contract 
He battled injuries last season and rushed for only or 116 times for 464 yards and four touchdowns with 34 catches and only 251 yards and three touchdowns in 10 games. Mm-hmm. But that's dedication. Oh, right or wrong, you know, however you feel about coronavirus or whatever, this guy's a cancer survivor. And, you know, we talked earlier about the continuity and having head coaches that players respect and ownership that players respect and how important it's going to be this season. And I think that played a big role in Connor's decision. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, Ben. I mean, um, he's worked so hard in the offseason. I mean, we've seen his workout videos uh, this entire offseason. He's been, you know, I'm, I'm sure he was disappointed with last season with his injuries and everything. He just yeah. wants to come back and prove himself. And, uh, you know, James Connor is definitely, he's one of your feel good. He should be a feel good story on this podcast for what he's done in the league as a cancer survivor. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and he, he, I mean, he he doesn't want to talk about it when they ask him about it in interviews. He says, "Move on, mm-hmm. you know, that's the past. Yeah. You know, I don't want to talk about it." And I just think it says a lot about you know his work ethic, his dedication to his craft, and uh, and I really, really, truly hope that he's able to stay healthy mm-hmm. this year uh, because he's you know he spent the off season buying trucks for his father and houses for his mother and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Uh, but I really think it it it. Not only speaks well of James Conner, it, it 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 does speak to this continuity and and having coaches and ownership that players respect, and you see that on the Eagles and on the Steelers with so few opt outs. I think that means a lot. I think people were like, I could play for Bill Belichick or I could stay home. They're like, well, maybe I'll just stay home this year. <laughs> so six players opt out. Uh, I know that you know people don't want to attribute it to that, but it, it was a it was a big chunk of players. Mm-hmm. Especially From Patrick one Chung, team, yeah. that that decided to opt out, and I think that does talk to or speak to how much you want to play and how much you enjoy going to work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it showed. I mean, it really showed. He, I mean, he's, he's throwing uh, you know those pieces of lumber over his back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know his his. I mean, he's, he, the dude is ripped. I mean, the dude is fucking ripped. I mean, yeah, it, he's like an at home workout yeah, video. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it was in this this entire offseason. I'm sure he is excited. He is hyped to get back and play the game, and it's great to see uh, from him. But it's also sad to see some of those other guys that opted out, whereas yeah. this guy is ready to get back to work and play the game. Yeah, Ivan Drago doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it reminded me. It reminded of Rocky going to the mountains yeah. in, in Russia to like pull bobs, like whatever the hell he was doing out yeah. there in the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was essentially James Conner's offseason was like a remake of preparing to fight Ivan Drago in Rocky Four. Uh, so I really hope he's able to stay uh, yeah, healthy. healthy this year because he deserves it yeah. and he deserves to get a, another contract after this season if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I move on? Oh my god! <laughs> no. <laughs> Next up, the Seattle Seahawks. In the end, Jamal Adams wound up in Seattle as the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Jets. Two first-round picks, a 2023rd-round pick, and safety Bradley McDougal to land the Pro Bowl safety. But the Seahawks weren't the only team in on the Adams talks. Both the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys also were involved, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. The 49ers reportedly being involved, no doubt, made the Seahawks more willing to pay a steeper price for Adams. The 49ers' perspective, this is a short-term disaster. The Seahawks landing Adams allowed them to close the gap on the 49ers in the NFC West. The margin was razor-thin last year and could be even tighter in 2020, according to me, at least. (laughs) 
Franny is higher on the 49ers. The 49ers no doubt desired Adams. They passed How could on you be low on the night? I mean, <laughs> just, could you see? They went to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo. They well, passed. Defense. <laughs> they passed on Jamal Adams in the 2017 draft and could have re- rectified that mistake by swinging a deal with the Jets. But the Niners are hamstrung by salary cap constraints. They need to give Kittle a lucrative extension, and that is not going well, and have extensions for Trent Williams and Nick Bosa in mind as well. Trading two first-round picks wasn't in the cards for the Niners. They need to cost-control talent to help with their upcoming cap issues, which is why it's win now for the Niners. Ooh. General Manager John Lynch, who just got an extension, also has shown himself to be a shrewd, nego- yeah, shrewd negotiator. You hired Kyle Shanahan. Enough said. When it comes to trades, Done a good job. Yeah, yeah, that was essentially all he's done. He does a great job up until the fourth quarter of the playoffs yeah. and the Super Bowl. You yeah, know I mean, but John Lynch is no genius. I mean, we're not talking about Howie Roseman here. Let's just be clear about that. He acquired quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and edge rusher D Ford for second round picks because. You know, Belichick didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo around anymore, and neither did Tom Brady. Lynch and Col- <laughs> coach Kyle Shanahan said during the 2020 draft that they didn't want to enter another draft with as little capital as they had during the 2020 event. So there's some explanation, maybe, for why the Seahawks gave away so much draft capital for that Jamal played, Adams. That what do you think? That could have played into it. I mean, that, I mean, they're just looking at the rest of the division and where they sit right now and where other teams sit with their cap situation, they figured, you know what? We can deal two first-rounders and this third. I mean, they'll find a fifth or sixth-round pick that's going to play amazing. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really do think that just looking at that, it really did help them make the, deci- the decision to, uh, to pull the trigger on Jamal Adams and bring him on board. You think so? I think so. I, I mean, mean, I mean, could you imagine if... The Niners were be, were able to pick off a trade this year for Jamal Adams and add Jamal Adams to the defense that they've already got, returning almost whatever ninety five percent of their players or ninety percent of their players. Yeah, but looking at their their you know the future cap hit that it would take to sign some of these players back. I mean, currently they have a good defense, but sign some of those players back, you're going to be spending some extra money. Jamal Adams signing him, I'm sure he's going to want closer to $20 million. Or more. It'd be a little more difficult. And their defense is strong as it is by itself. So they don't really need Jamal Adams as much as the Seahawks do. No, that's true. They just need another one of these guys. Why not waste the man? I mean, they got him for nothing. Uh, yeah. You know, they got him at the tail end of what it was, the third round? What was it second or third? Was I, can't second or third I, I, I can't remember exactly when they got uh, DK, um, but you know, I mean, obviously their D, their offense uh, wide receiver position, they they maybe need a little extra help. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but this helps explain why they gave away so much. But they, and the Cowboys were in the market. Yeah, the for Cowboys. Jamal the Cowboys Adams are always as the market well for everybody. Well, you know, I mean, can you imagine if they had picked up Jamal Adams this off season yeah, to buttress that defense? But they didn't. They did not. <laughs> and the Seahawks gave away literally everything yeah. and everyone to get the, Adam. The so Seahawks we'll see how it works out. Better position where they are right now with the players that they have on the roster to win, whereas the Cowboys are not. But that, and that's why Russell Wilson should have been number one on that top one hundred list. <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't have any arguments about Mahomes being number one. Well, that's true, but I mean just think about how what the what the Niners had to do to win that division and get through the playoffs mm-hmm. with one of the better defenses in the league, one of the better offensive lines in the league, one of the best tight ends in the league, a great running game uh, with Mostert and, you know, the other guy whose name I... Breida. 
Brita and you know the the other one, and <laughs> okay. well they had like three of them, uh, and with Russell Wilson with one of the worst offensive lines in the league, a, a subpar defense, we're still able to eke into the playoffs and you know win a playoff game. Well, no. they did. Well, they, <laughs> they did win a playoff yeah, game. Okay, yeah, but I mean when you injure your starting the other the, you know the opposing team starting quarterback. You know, when you target them, and yeah, I mean, it's of course, yeah, you're gonna win. Okay, well, but it's cost them a lot of money. Whatever, it has cost <laughs> him some money. All right, Franny, can I move on? Uh, yes, Ben, let's move on. All right, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our feel good story. Every week, Ben, you find these feel good stories. Like I said, it's been about thirty weeks. And I'm sure it's getting a little thin on the feel-good story front. Well, I mean, there are a lot of players out there doing really, really good things. So we'll get our feel-good story of the week. Uh, Hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back with our feel-good story of the week, Ben. Cue up that wonderful feel-good music. Oh, yeah. Powerful. All right, folks, with a second appearance on our feel-good story of the week, Brandon Copeland. Brandon Copeland Copeland 101... (laughs) Sorry, he was he's a he's in New England now. Uh, Brandlin Copeland 101 can be summed up succinctly. You're going to get my all in everything that I do. I don't half ass a thing. Copeland has yet to play a snap at Gillette Stadium coming over from the Jets to the Patriots, and he will be asked to do a lot more with some of the opt outs this year. He certainly played his fair share in Jets green. Sorry to hear that. But that hasn't stopped the New England Patriots linebacker from chipping in to help regions that are important to him, including his new football home in the wake of COVID-19. No surprise, he's all in. Copeland and his Beyond the Basics Foundation are supporting three different initiatives to support access to food for those in need, providing meals for those working in hospitals. The Tendia Family Emergency Food Initiative supplies elderly people and those in extreme need with groceries right to their door. While feeding to fight or feed the fight MD brings meals from local restaurants to hospitals to feed everyone from doctors to custodial staff. While Copeland is amplifying these existing programs in his hometown of Baltimore, his foundation launched Be a Blessing, which surprises customers at grocery stores in impoverished neighborhoods by paying for their items. Copeland donated $30,000 to be split and used in neighborhood stores throughout Baltimore, New Jersey, and Boston. Donations made through his foundation will support these programs and will be matched. Beyond the Basics, which is his primary foundation, began five years ago to help kids realize their full potential by providing enriching experience and connecting them with role models and an annual football camp is typically part of its calendar. There is also a community service portion built into the program where kids help put together backpacks and hygiene kits that will be donated locally and Copeland also teaches a class at one of his alma maters at Penn. He teaches a essentially a financial literacy one on one class. Funny. What say awesome, you about man. Brandon 
freaking say, I, Copeland. I mean, to go out of his, I mean, this is the second time that he's yeah, on our he's field. He's freaking amazing. So, I don't know, seriously, man. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they play out their season, they kind of relax, they do their thing. But with Brandon Copeland, it's like, I'm done with the season. Now, what can I do for the community? Yep. He's an awesome fucking dude. I love Brandon Copeland. You know, He's might, not I, just I getting chicken get wings. A, a Copeland jersey. Ooh. A, probably should, a Patriots right? jersey? Hey, man, for somebody that's doing this much good work, I don't care who they play for. If you're a good person, you should have your jersey bought. Yeah, for sure. And he At makes a pretty, I think he whatever, only makes like, well, yeah, he's only, not, he's not, he's but he makes like three, four million dollars a year. No, I mean, yeah, well, compared to compared other guys to, out there, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, shit, I would love to make three or four million dollars a year, but compared to other guys, that is uh, a, a, a small chunk of change when you're looking at what these other dudes are bringing in or, or, you know, complaining about they're not making enough money, but that's, that's an amazing story. Yeah. Man. You got people like Jadavion Clowney out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jamal here's 15 Adams million complaining. I want to get off this you team. Know. I hate this. I want $20 million, you know. Yeah, and you're a safety, or a corner, or you know, anyone that plays for for God's sakes, anyone that plays in the secondary isn't worth more than ten yeah. million dollars. But a Copeland jersey, if you but an me. Eagles Copeland jersey, I would never, I would never wear an Eagles a, Copeland jersey. I, I would Are never you wear. He's going to get signed by the Eagles no, next year. If he's this, I mean, he's a great human being. Why not? You know, this is these are the type of guys you want on your team. I'm not going to wear an opposing team's jersey, you know. But I mean, for you know, for Brandon Copeland, if he was if he played for the Eagles, I mean, yeah, that's him the, and Brandon that's, Graham would be like a great pair. That's the they kind, would get yeah, along well. Yeah. I think. I mean, these are the type. Of, I mean, that he's a good human being. Exactly. Yeah. All right, okay. Franny. Another feel good story. Yeah, I'm I will just, continue I'm just trying to, to try to dig these up with these feel good story. I was looking at Instagram, but great story, yeah, man. The great he never story. Pays yeah. any attention? I do. I think I, I stories. He's, he's like. Amazing human. Yes, he is yes. indeed. And very, very, very smart. <laughs> All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week. Ooh, I am so. <laughs> Kind of looking forward yeah, to this. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to this. So th- this this shot is inspired by the hot summer, this hot week, actually, that we've had here in Southern California. It's been over 100 degrees. Today was over 100 degrees. Right now, it's about 80 degrees, and it's 11.15 at night here on Saturday outdoors. Uh, so this shot is inspired by the summer, but I also got it from Tipsy Bartender. So, I mean, Tipsy Bartender is one of their... Uh, um, you know, multiple shots that they have on their website. And uh, we have dubbed it the Blazing Hot Summer Shot. And it is a uh, a Flaming Hot Cheetos infused tequila shot. And so me and you, neither of us are really huge fans of tequila. I'm interested in seeing how this tastes. And it is actually in the freezer right now. I want this thing as you put cold. It in the freezer? I want it as cold as possible <laughs> before <laughs> we sip this down because I don't think it has any good qualities with the tequila and the flaming hot Cheetos. Neither of those things to me are very good. I mean, if, if I'm eating flaming hot Cheetos, it's maybe like one or two chips before my mouth is burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine how it tastes with tequila. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, I hadn't seen a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos wash up in my front yard (laughs) in a while. I live across the street from an elementary school and at least five to ten bags 
empty bags of it's flaming popular. hot Cheetos wind up in my front yard as the wind blows them in from the elementary school. Uh, so I know it's very yeah. popular no, I mean, among like, the kids these days. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I think everywhere, because even when I go to work, you have folks eating, you know, flaming hot Cheetos like, hey, you want some? I'm like, I'll have one, you know, before my. But, but there are people that go through bags of this stuff and they're fine with it. I mean, I eat like three yeah. and my nose is watering my sinuses clear up which is great but i have to blow my nose multiple times yeah. I, I you know I, I just i just can't take a lot of spice yeah and i could swallow spice i just can't chew on it and keep it in my <laughs> mouth for long periods of time that's what i can said. swallow a jalapeno <laughs> and then get the pain later uh but it, it's always preferable to actually chewing it and then suffering the consequences so friday is going to grab this grab those from the freezer from the freezer and we are going to hopefully that'll help review and give you our opinion about this shot so hold tight all right and we are back i just grabbed the shot of the week, the shots of the week. It looks week. nice. And no, no, the the color is beautiful. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a bright red color. Our blazing hot summer shots, tequila infused with the flaming hot Cheetos. I can of, see it floating. In a there. very popular item amongst elementary school kids these days, or middle school, high school. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, I love Doritos, Ben. But flaming hot Cheetos, though it was never my thing. No, I mean I'm more of a old school. Like I mean, people bring over their Doritos with yeah. some weird ass flavor. A cool ranch. I'm like, where is a just a gift? Can I get a fucking Dorito? Cool ranch. Why do I have good. to have your your uh, Dorito with some crazy label? I don't want any any more uh, any any anything <laughs> yeah. else than Lay's uh, salt. I want cool ranch <laughs> and I want regular Doritos. I don't want your salsa Doritos. I don't salsa. want your Chipotle Doritos <laughs> salsa or whatever other flavors they have. <laughs> I just want regular Doritos. No, Doritos are good, but this, I mean, flaming hot Cheetos have always been a little too flaming hot for myself. But they have extra flaming hot Cheetos. If it wasn't really? hot enough for those folks that could eat a whole bag, they have extra. Flaming hot. And I was like, should I get the extra or should I just get the regular? So I got the regular to infuse with yeah, regular probably is best. So Our tequila. forgive us if there's a lot of silence. Yeah. <laughs> after so what do we got? We got Patron uh, or cold. El Padrino in here? Uh El Padrino. El Padrino and I need to uh I need, I should probably get another uh bottle of uh the tequila. We have a little bit of that um the Kazool uh tequila that we 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 sipped it on the show it's, it was actually a very solid sippable tequila but we don't have any clear yeah. sort of cheap mixable tequila so i'm going to have to grab a bottle i got a patron in the in the yeah. in the fridge yeah patron is okay too yeah patron's okay but i don't know if you want to mix it with you know uh, we're never going to drink Flamin it. Hot. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, we could probably drink that. Yeah, we're, 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 no, we're not definitely not tequila. Oh, here we go. All well, right, we're well, really cheers. good tequila fans. We just can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. They're Asian. really good stuff. But if I'm going to spend a lot of money on any sort of drink, it's going to be a scotch or a cognac, but not on a tequila. Are you sure you want to do this? Cheers, right, Ben. Go. Cheers. Get ready for the sounds of silence. Here we go. Ooh, don't sniff it. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, my God. This is a real shot? It's I don't. I don't believe you. I, mean, I, just, I just wanted to give it a... I mean, I wanted to try it. I mean, there's a lot of cool shots. This is one you should have done while there's we were a, in quarantine there's, there's a lot while of, you were at your house. This <laughs> is the one you should have done while you were at your house. There's a lot of cool shots on uh, on Tipsy Bartender, um, but I, I just sort of gravitated toward... It seems like it's interesting. It's it's interesting, and it is, uh, you know, it summer look- season inspired, Yeah. right? I mean, you want the spice. It's hot. It's warm. Let's take a shot, Ben. It doesn't look like it's going to taste. Here we go. Cheers. 
Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Ooh, man. I got you really? No. <laughs> it's burped on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. That is that is um an interesting. No, no, actually, once it goes down, once it goes, like the, the initial hit is it's pretty. It's not good and it's not bad, but it's not good. The initial hit is pretty terrible. Like the flavor of the tequila uh, and a little bit of the spice I'm not sure is what not I'm that tasting. good. But then afterward. It's not as hot as I expected. It it's goes warming down, my stomach right now. You get you you yeah, you get uh spice. Oh. You get the heat, but then yeah. it, it's sort of you get that salty flaming hot Cheetos flavor afterward. You know, that's actually bad at first, but a better finish. Oh, no. No. Not a fan. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, it, I'm trying to find some. It redeeming, tasted okay in my mouth. I'm trying to find some redeeming qualities. To I mean, this I shot. like. I can taste like. I, I've never. I don't know that I've ever had a flaming conchito. Oh, I'm sure. Well, uh, maybe next I time a bag blows up on your doorstep. If yeah, there's anything left yeah. in there, there you are. Thank you, quarantine, for <laughs> the lack of garbage in my lawn. I live, and like I said, next to an elementary school, and sort of a. It's not a cul-de-sac, but it's a rounded curve. Yeah. Well, you got and all the, the wind just blows all the elementary school trash yeah, into my yard, which is. Primarily bags of fast food and <laughs> Cheeto wrappers, uh, and lots of artwork and mm-hmm. uh, children's projects. And I'm not sure why they don't take tears them <laughs> and tears. Now it's actually a really good school, but it's just it's just a lot of no, garbage no, floats I, up. I, I give teachers a lot of credit. Oh yeah, these for days. sure. With for the sure. Social media for sure. And what they have to deal with these days. Yeah, it's nothing like when I went to school, and nothing like when you went to school. Then oh, definitely not. I give teachers a lot. I was of credit. afraid of my teachers. Kids today are not afraid no, of their teachers. No, they're entitled yeah. nowadays. What do you mean I can't eat my flaming hot Cheetos or extra flaming hot Cheetos yeah, in class and ruffle the bag? And Come I, on, you know, teacher marches a parent marches down because they got a B <laughs> instead of an A. So everyone's grades are higher now than they used to be just because of whiny parents. And Good parents Lord. are worse, too. I mean, that is true. Parents are way worse because they were raised differently than when we were. Of I mean, course. I mean, the beauty well, of my- actually, I would be a parent of, a, if I had any kids, I would actually be a parent of one of those kids that's in your school right now, Ben. But I would be a little different. I'm a little more strict, I would say, oh, than some of the sure. parents Absolutely. nowadays. I mean, the beauty You'd of be my- You'd be less strict than me. Oh, I would be more, well, I mean, the beauty of my mother was that she knew I was in the wrong. <laughs> like she never doubted that I was in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, but you now, stole how many bottles of beer? Yeah. Like now, <laughs> you know, when she marched down to the school, it wasn't to defend me. So, you know, now, <laughs> now I think parents, even though they may know their children are not, you know, potentially not in the right in some t- kind of dispute, they're, they're apt to defend them anyway. My mother was like, you know, sit down, like, so tell me what he did. <laughs> so tell me why I need to now? punish my son, not why I need to tell you what you need to do for him. Uh, yeah, so it was a little bit different experience. I never wanted my mother at school because she wasn't helping me. I, uh, yeah, um, parents now, but kids nowadays are, uh, it's a different story. I, I give teachers a, a lot, lot of, credit. of credit when you're dealing with, uh, you know, oh, yeah. adolescents. If, if I was a teacher, there'd just be a bunch of smashed cell phones outside my room. <laughs> I'd just be chucking them out the window. Between ten and eighteen years old, <laughs> Whew, yeah. good luck. But that's what they're eating: the flaming yeah. hot Cheetos. Ben, but that might explain it. Infused with oh, tequila. I need to take a little of this oatmeal stout to wash that. Nah, down. Yeah, drink a little bit of oatmeal there, Ben. Mm. Oh, that washed it down a little bit. Yeah. All right. So, what would you yeah. give this on our shot scale? Do we have a shot scale? We're gonna have this to come up now. with one. We're gonna have to come uh, up with a shot I would scale. Give this a two. 
<laughs> out of 10. Oh, okay. Because we've had some really good ones. Yeah. I'm we've gonna, had some really terrible ones. This uh, is not the worst I'm one. I'm going to give it a three. Not the best one. Yeah, that's I'm going to give sure. it a three. Uh, but if, 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 if there's people out there listening to this podcast that are fans of Flamin' Hot Cheetos, uh, you can mix it with tequila. I'm sure even mixing it with vodka. You know, any, any, any rum sort might of work. rum would add a little bit of extra a white sweetness rum. A white to rum. a white rum. Uh, Sambuca. Uh, you know, white. Definitely what? not. The black licorice and hot Cheetos. You know, with hot te- uh, you know uh, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think. That's the average dinner for most kids yeah. today. I you guess. know what, Ben? On Twitter, you should you should you should um, uh, pose the question: What is your favorite uh, chip? Potato chip, flaming hot Cheetos, Dorito nachos, or nachos Doritos, whatever, and and just like see where flaming hot Cheetos sort of fall yeah, in I'd the be spectrum curious. of chips. I'd be curious because I love a crunchy Cheeto, but the flaming hot uh, ones, new. No. Well, the spicy, Trader Joe's actually has the best Cheeto. Spicy nacho Doritos have the right amount of spice for me. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So I'm a three. Friday's a two. We're going to start rating our shots since we've done these every single week. Yeah. For Because last week was pretty disgusting, too. We had it. It was also tequila. Not, plus not, weeks now? Yeah. Uh, all right, Friday. What's, oh, can I move on? Yes, we may. All right, Friday. <laughs> What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage of the week, which is another offering from Compass Box. We both thoroughly enjoyed last week's offering. I think I rated a nine, and maybe you a nine, or I can't remember, eight or nine. I mean, it was an it was excellent offering. It was way up it there. It was great. Uh, it was easy to drink. It was um, a complex uh, you know, for forty dollars, it, it, it was it was it was it was really good. It was it was pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you have some uh, information for us tonight, Ben. Tonight we have the Pete Monster, and me and you, Ben, we've become huge fans of Petey Smoky Scotches, and this is a blend from oh, Compass yeah. Box. And this is, I mean, it looks really, really good. I mean, what? I mean, is that what made you think to to purchase this one yeah, for, for this I was, week? I was, was, was kind of wandering the aisles there. I was like, should I get a They rye? were like, here he is again. Should I, yeah, you know, actually, it was funny. It's funny. because guy's there, here again. Everyone's like I'm, looking I'm, at I'm, you. I'm, yeah, it is kind of like that. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I want to say it's embarrassing, but I, I I know the aisles a little bit better than some of the people that work there. But there was, there was a... There like, was, did he finish <laughs> that bottle he bought five days ago? I know, ago? seriously. Uh, but there was, there was a dude that I was in there that was looking at bourbons and he's like do they have the bullet i'm like yeah it's right right down here that that's <laughs> if you want the bu- i mean i don't know i mean it's it's not like did uh, you recommend something better uh i was thinking about it but i did not uh, <laughs> but there are better better options than the the bullet bourbon but i i kind of knew the aisle a little too well you're like over there <laughs> yeah, next it's, to it's, it's next to the it's, next it's, to the balcony it's, it's, it's right down there sir <laughs> do you work here no i don't work here <laughs> You should. You should get a commission. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind getting a part-time job there. Yeah, for sure. Especially if there's a discount. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. This is the Compass Box Pete Monster. It's still very much the whiskey for those who love a big, rich, smoky peaty malt. Their latest version of the Pete Monster is older and more elegant than before. From Compass Box, it's inspired by feedback from smoky whiskey lovers like Frane. Their and new. Ben. And me, their new painting label of the Peat Monster, which is a very strange painting. It's sort of a cross between something you see on Game of Thrones and something <laughs> that and the and the the giant worm in Dune. It's a little creepy. 
I incorporate single malts with a more aromatic and graceful style of smokiness. They have sought to retain the peaty intensity for which the peat monster has long been celebrated whilst creating a depth and elegance not seen before. Uh, new batches of the peat monster boast a spectrum of powerful coastal flavors combining the smokiness of a driftwood fire with the medicinal peaty notes, orchard fruits, and rich cask-derived creaminess balance the multi-layered smoke. It is a new peaty landscape, as the painting label shows. I'm not sure how the label <laughs> like correlates to the flavor, but the evolution is a subtle one, and they hope that you will hunt or we will hunt down both labels and enjoy teasing out the contrast. Uh, the flavor descriptors are peaty, smoky, malt with hints of fruitiness, a balanced whiskey with great depth and complexity. The sourcing uh, is made from a marriage of two malts from Isla, one produced near the, near the village of Port Escague. Mm. I'm sure I'm butchering that. And the other from the South Shore. It's 46% alcohol by volume. So about whatever that is, 92 proof. Uh, the recommendation is a fantastic late night digestive whiskey. Excellent with blue vein cheeses and the wood for the barrels is refill. American oak. Of course it is. Frane, what say you about this latest offering? Hmm. It smells good, Ben. I mean, you could, you could definitely smell the peatiness, the smokiness. You get a little bit of fruitiness, a little, you know, some fruity notes from it Ooh, as it's like a, well. It's like an art bag with a little fruit. Yeah, it actually, it does. I mean, I wonder what... Art bag's the closest, you know, the closest analog to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really, it doesn't punch you in the nose. Like, the art bag kind of punches you in the nose well, a little bit. it punches you in the nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, somebody's a scotch pro <laughs> over here. Well, when you suck it down even though you don't want to. You did. You've done that in the past for sure to try to show your manliness. Um, That's probably not the best way of doing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got a little bit of a, a bite on the nose, a mm -hmm. little bit of a bite on the nose because but, uh, it's, you know, that, you know, it's 50% almost alcohol. That, But that, it, it, you know, that, 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 that beautiful peatiness, that smokiness oh. that we've sort of become accustomed to that I didn't like at first. I remember when you brought that art bag. Uh, you looked I, at me like I had ten heads. No, well, I, I I I knew what it was. You didn't. I mean, you were just looking for the best option on the shelf for me. I'm not sure if it was. I think it was like the Fourth of July a few years ago, something like that. And I mean, you know, uh, a, a peaty, smoky whiskey isn't usually the best option uh, for the summertime. And just like tonight, it's a really warm night. But I was really eager to try this peat monster. Because we loved the last Compass Box offering and because we both love that peaty, smoky flavor. Because some of the scotches that we try nowadays, they just don't have that extra element to them. They're just a little soft. Whereas this has that nice, smoky kind of peatiness I mean, it's, to it. It's a nice, and, and, nice uh, nose. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it does smell very nice. All right. So All let's right, give it let's a shot, man. I mean, it, I could. It's not as strong as Ardbeg. It, it seems like oh, it's no. a little bit softer. Cheers to you. So let's give it a shot. See what we taste. Oh, mm. wow. Ooh, smoke. Oh, that's a nice. A lot of smoke. Very smoky. But smooth on the finish. I mean, it, it, it really goes down nicely. 
It's almost harsh on the entry, smooth on the finish. Oh, I wonder. I wonder what it's, they it's, used. It's, I wonder it, I think which uh, Isle. I wonder which Isle scotches. Guaranteed, it came from Ardbeg. Uh, it, it's I don't got know, too, Ard, it reminds Ardbeg, me too much of it. No, Ardbeg. The Ardbeg is harsh. This is not as a mixer though. As harsh. I wonder if the, it's it's one of the mixers in it. Hmm. This wonder, is way more smoky though. I would say it's, it's more like a Lafroig. With the Lagavulin. Oh, I love that Lafroig too. With the Lagavulin a little bit. I mean, because it, it reminds me of sort of the Lagavulin 16, but not as much PD, has a little more yeah. smoothness the to Lagavulin it. The Lagavulin doesn't have quite as much harshness to it. Yeah. It's a little bit less intense. Hmm. I mean, it's beautiful, though. I think the smokiness, you know, balanced with the PD-ness, it's almost like a... Like a sixty forty, yeah, smoky to peaty, mm-hmm. as opposed just, to the Ardbeg, which is more like a sixty forty peaty to smoky. But it offers. Let me take another sip real quick. There seems to be a little more, like almost like a on the on the entry, a little bit of banana, uh, like a, like an like an, sure. There's no peanuts. No, no, like an <laughs> like an. Like an older banana that's been sort of sitting on the shelf, ready to sort of get like more of the a little bit, yeah, it's a little it. bit of sweet fruitness, mm-hmm, fruity mm-hmm. fruitiness on the entry, yeah. But it's got that the smokiness is it. It's definitely higher in smoky than peaty, mm-hmm. and I think that's really nice. Uh, I mean, I don't think we've had one like this yet with with the high degree of smokiness to peatiness. Maybe I'm wrong. I think this one just has a little more fruitiness to it. Yeah, but it, it's definitely bringing out for me anyway. It's 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 sort of downplaying the peat to the smoke, mm-hmm. and it's it's. I always it, I thought I enjoyed the peat more so mm-hmm. than the smokiness and the fruitiness, but this is making me think about that a little mm-hmm. bit because it's it, the smokiness is so nice in this. I mean, this is wow. I mean, when it hits your tongue, mm. it's so yeah intense, and it hits the roof of your mouth and down the back of your palate, and it just sort of, you know, it just sort of flows nice and smooth, but it doesn't hit you with a long, you know, aftertaste or long sort of finish. Yeah, but it's it's, it's complex enough to enjoy it over and over again. I mean, it's it's just I'll say, hmm. Trying to see if there's some other flavors coming through there, but I mean, you just get that sort of. It's hard it's with one like, of these scotches yeah, because I mean, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, it, it does, but I mean, it, it's it's. I don't know. I get a little tart so fruitiness on on the finish. A little more bit of it. enjoyable than just just a regular scotch, not from the Isla. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. actually, you know, when I watch those old '80s movies or even new, you know, they put the you know, this is a 100 year old scotch. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, is it still a scotch? Because it, if it tastes like a scotch, then I'll take this yeah, that I mean, we're drinking tonight yeah, I mean, so over whatever that five hundred dollar bottle is. We just, just drink a you know just a you know regular scotch. It's like you know it's nice, it's smooth, it has the vanilla notes, it's you know it has maybe some some caramel as well, some sweetness to it. But I just can't. I mean, ever since I've come around to the smokiness and uh, the peatiness, I just. It, it just doesn't 
it, it, it adds an extra sort of, you know, that element or flavor oh, yeah. to it, like an extra level to the and scotch where you, you. you enjoy it, but then you have that extra boom, that kick yeah. that, yeah, I mean, this is this is a really good offering. And you're right, because it does uh, from, warm you. Like right now might not be the has, best time to drink but, it because no, I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. feeling sort of a warmth it, throughout my whole body But right I, now. what I like about this is it also on the... Uh, uh, um, and the initial sip, it gives you that little bit of sweetness, and then it turns into the peaty smokiness on the finish, and it's so smooth, and it just keeps it coming back for more. Because it's not too intense. No, it's not. It's not crazy intense, like like the Ardbeg. Like we talked about the Ardbeg, the Ardbeg Ten really knocks you in the back of the throat, and it's yeah. like, hey, and you don't want to take like right now. I want to take another sip, yeah, even yeah. though I just took a sip. I'm a motherfucking. Our bag. Yeah. yeah, I'm on a... Uh, there's you know, dead bodies uh, in this I, thing. I, I mean, I am a peaty motherfucker. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's 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 a smooth entry and it's a smooth finish, but you get that nice, smoky, peaty flavor. And if you if that's something that you enjoy, then you would definitely, um, you know, enjoy this uh, peat monster. Yeah, I mean, good it for the them. Shelf. And it's only about, you know, it's, it's 60 bucks, which, you know, it, it's within that price range of other... Um, Isla Scotches, you know, the Lafroy 10, the Ardbeg 10, um, the, uh, the Balmoray 10. I mean, you know, if you go for some that are aged, I mean, like the, the Lagavulin 16, I believe is about closer to $80, $85. But this is, uh, I would say just as enjoyable as that if you do enjoy this type of flavor. I mean, you know, not everybody, it's, not something that that everybody has an acqu- has acquired a, a taste for, but I definitely encourage or we encourage mm-hmm. you to Just acquire try a taste for it. Try I mean, it. it took me a little bit. Yeah, it took me even longer than you, Ben. And I, I was I was actually because I will admit that I the was, one I had in Prague, I was not <laughs> that enthusiastic like, about drinking I'm gonna, it. I'm going to prove you motherfuckers wrong. But I'm gonna it was the hair. They had all the empty empty boxes on the wall. It's like, you know what, I'm going to try it. But I was not that enthusiastic about it. But going back to my youth when I didn't like beer and I pushed and pushed and pushed and mm-hmm. pushed and then one day, bang. Yeah, but it has has the right mixture of sweetness to peatiness to smokiness um, that anybody that has acquired a taste for this can really enjoy because you can tell this is an Isla but damn, not overly, yeah, overly, you know, peaty or smoky. It's, it's a it's beautiful just like color. Bright, I mean, oh yeah, it's it's that, and it's, it's that got a little bit more of a thickness, gold on the follow through, like a little bit more yeah. of a sweetness, a thickness in the consistency as it goes down your throat. A little there's bit a little more bit of, of a there's a little bit of creaminess there too. Yeah, I can definitely taste that too. Whereas the Arbeg is just so yeah, boom, clear. I, I mean, it just goes down your throat. There's no creaminess. There's no sweetness as it goes down. This has got a little bit of a sweetness mm. and a thickness. Like you said, there's on the a, back of the palate. There's that little bit of tang. Also, that kind of like um, something in there. It, it like holds up on your palate, and you're like, kind of, you know, getting it off your tongue. But it's it's also a nice sort of addition to an Isla. Mm. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's actually really good stuff right there. I was I was uh, I expected it to be good because the last Compass Box offering, but not this good. What, where, wow. where, where, where would you rate this, Ben? Where would you rate this on our thirst and goal rating of browns? Uh, for the Isla variety, I give it a nine. 
you know, and and unfortunately, I think it's about the same. I think this is a nine. Um, I still think that the uh, was it the Port Charlotte? Oh, that, I love that, that Port that Charlotte. Port Charlotte, the creaminess that you get on yeah. the finish. That for an Isla for the heavily of peated. all of the ones that I've tried. I mean, it's 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 it is highly peated as well. It has that nice smoky flavor to it, but it's so well balanced and it has that creaminess to it as well. I would rate that closer to a ten. Um, whereas this is pretty darn close. Yeah. I would say this it's really good. It's a nine. This is really, really good. Yeah. And I know we spent a long time on this, but yeah, no, but, but it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's really, because, I mean, really we, good. We've, we've tried so many. I mean, there are not too many distillers on the island. Um, whereas this one, you know, I, I would like to know where they sourced their material from to create this drink, but whatever they did, you'll have I, to pose as a real whiskey reviewer hmm? and ask them what send them an email say i'm reviewing yeah, your- well yeah yeah maybe they want to keep it a secret maybe they want to you know maybe they don't want us to know what yeah, like they Pig doesn't want us to know that our 90 dollar bottle of whistle pig <laughs> well, was sourced from the, three twenty dollar bottle 100 and that was 120 dollars ben thank you very much that was, that was a very barrels of rye generous uh gift that you got me for my birthday but that I, I bet that that's the case. That, that that doesn't match. I mean, the flavor of this, or even the one from last week, which was very excellent. So far, the Compass Box offerings, the Pete Monster, the Saint was it the Saint King Street? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And then also the Hedonism that I also tried. Ben, you didn't try that one, um, but all of the offerings that we've tried so far from Compass. But, Box I mean, looking at the color, it's just. I mean, excellent. I love the color of these. I mean, yeah, if I was looking at that bottle away, I'm looking at it now sideways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are know, you gonna Are you gonna have it? Uh, almost. Yeah, that's my. Are you gonna have have a secret yeah, yeah, relationship sure. with might, this bag. I might, but it looks like a Chardonnay. Like you did with From the, art, it with like the art bag. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not going to be. My art bag relationship was not secret. I yeah, definitely you, you, tried you, to <laughs> boast it you know, hey, around the world, literally. Hey, babe, are you still awake? <laughs> are you still awake? Are you, are you, are you decomposing right now? Because I, I really like some of that, you know, oak leaf. Uh. Uh, peatiness in my in my <laughs> in my drink next to my bed. It would be nice if it, if you could just decompose a little more peatiness in my mouth yeah. right now. <laughs> but look, it looks like, almost like a Chardonnay for no, me. No, I mean it's it's it is a beautiful color. Um, but it, I mean, Compass Box so far very good offerings. You rated a nine. I rated a nine last week. It was a nine, eight, nine. Um, so in the future, we'll definitely try a few more compass box offerings uh within our price range uh because there are some you know some decently priced ones yeah. the 40 dollar one from last week this one's 60 there's 100 wow, and 140 dollar options as well um if compass box wants to send us out a bottle <laughs> if they want to be generous with us uh we have thousands of listeners people millions we can millions out there millions yeah we're ben we're we're bill simmons and (laughs) joe rogan wrapped into one no but that is it that's an excellent offering ben yeah for sure nine and nine all right friday what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben we have our beer of the week which is a domestic beer from monterey yeah beautiful monterey california we'll be right back with our beer of the week All right, and 
we are back after a long review of that excellent yeah, offering it was from Compass Box, but that was really good. And uh, this is our beer of the week. It is from Alvarado Street Brewing in Monterey, Ben. I'm sure you have some information for us. I do. This is the Bixby Blonde, a farmhouse single fermented in an open oak folder. Their take on a farmhouse Belgian single focuses on maximizing the production of vibrant floral yeast esters that finishes crisp and dry, rustic in production and appearance. This is an old world style with a tremendous amount of character in the nose, palate, and finish. The alcohol by volume is 5.5%. The bitterness level is very low. The yeast is an S24. The malts are a Belgian Pilsner and a wheat. The hops are of the noble varieties. You can get it on tap. You can get it in a can. And you can get it in a giant growler at Alvarado Street Brewery in Monterey, California. And thank you so much, friend of the show, Lauren who also used to live up in Monterey. One of her good friends was lucky enough to find this and bring it down this week for us to try and taste. Mm -hmm. So we truly appreciate that. Franny, what do you think? And not the first offering, too. We've had a couple of other offerings from uh, Alvarado Street as well. Uh, It's been quite a few podcasts ago. Uh, It's been months now since we've tried our last offering from Alvarado Street, but those were excellent. I think it was some of their IPA offerings. It was like a uh, berry IPA, not a berry, but a a more of a fruity IPA. Yeah, but it was very good. It was very fresh and it was, it was, it was great. It was Um, fresh and also exciting. It it was exciting, Ben. (laughs) But let's give this a shot. See how how it smells. it... It smells kind of understated. It's a little bit understated on the nose. Hmm. I mean, it's it's weedy. It smells Not like getting a, a lot of hop from it. Oh, Franny's disappointed. It, well, <laughs> he loves the hoppy flavor. I, I do. And I, I the do hoppy nose. It, it, enjoy hop in my beer. Um, but it smells nice, though. I mean, it's, it's a nice, soft sort of you know smell. It's it's the aromas are nice. It's not too strong. But softer than I would expect. Yeah. Almost champagne-y. I mean, I'm barely picking up a nose yeah. on this thing. Well, cheers, Ben. Let's see how it tastes. All right. Is it going to be? <laughs> or? Playoffs. Yes. What did you say about playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? <laughs> Talk about playoffs? Let's see if this thing would make the playoffs, playoffs? Ben. I don't know. <laughs> I just hope we can win a game. Oh, it's got a lot of the things that I like. It's it's very, very, very fresh. You know, like you said, it's it's, it's understated. It's got a nice has that, pop to it. Has a, a a little bit of a dryness on the finish, but also a nice crispness on the finish as well. You know, it's not hoppy. You know, obviously, I do enjoy carbonation a beer. sticks around a little bit. The the carbonation is just fine. Sometimes I, you know, I I. I want a little more carbonation just like that beer last week that we had from turkey that had almost no carbonation whatsoever but this one definitely has enough carbonation Mm, i want to say it's as good as as the other offering that we did have it's definitely a little bit understated 
rustic in production and appearance. Slightly old world style. Slightly skunky. I'm getting the monks slightly the forest <laughs> in their wagons carrying this. Slightly skunky on the finish, though. It's a little, little, bit, little bit, bit. A little bit of that sourness that you get on the finish. Um but it's it's almost like it's 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 lighter than it's I expected. A little I, bit of a weird aftertaste, mm-hmm. and it kind of sticks with you. As Alex would say, it's like I finish and I'm, I'm a beer. Yeah, <laughs> drink me. Don't forget that I'm a beer as I go down your throat. <laughs> I'll remind you of that. And who is Alex Benick? <laughs> oh, Alex is a friend of the show, uh, one time host of the show or co-host of the show. Guest uh, host. Friend of guest host, friend of Fridays. Yeah, but he's and, a, and, a connoisseur uh, of all things brown and beer. Yeah, definitely. Pretty good uh, collection of browns that he has. But um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I could drink them all day. Oh no, that, I was going to say this maybe is, not this a six percent alcohol volume, but but it doesn't taste like it. It's it's six percent. It's it's almost as light as. You know, as a pilsner, maybe like four and a half percent. I mean, it goes down very easily. I, I just wish it had a little bit more flavor to it because it's so soft. Um, definitely a lot of dryness with this one. A little bit of dankness, bro. It's a little dank, bro. It's got a little a bit little of a, bit, a little bit of a San Diego energy. A little bit further north of San Diego, bro. Further north of Los Angeles, bro. Central bit, California, uh, bro. They don't take it as far, bro. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's uh, sorry to annoy you, but no, no, uh, I don't. <laughs> I'm just. I'm trying to read what yeah, a blonde I'm, I'm, actually is. Hmm. Has no particular dominating malt or hop characteristics, rounded and smooth, an American classic known for its simplicity. Sometimes referred to as a golden ale, these beers can have honey, spices, and fruit added and may be fermented with lager or ale yeast. So it's a a very simple drinking... It's like a really good bud. It's definitely something that you could, you know, sip on for long periods of time. By the but, uh, but not even that though, because I mean, I think it's a little too dry for that. I think I, I think the ideal environment would be, um, you know, sitting back with your friends at a bar or pub, you know, watching the game. It's fulfilling. It has some flavor there. It's not too soft where it goes down very easily but it, yeah you know it has has enough body to keep you interested in it and the and it's fresh and it's fresh and it has a crispness to it that keeps you sort of coming back i mean it has a little bit of lingering flavor but it disappears it takes um, a little while a, a little bit but it's not as bad as like heineken you know for Ugh. instance that kind of sticks around for long periods My of time biggest beer of choice um but not as good as their other offering. I, mean, I think me and you, Ben, are more inclined towards the more hoppy flavored beers, or if there's no hop, at least have not as much dryness and yeah. more crispness on the finish. Whereas this one has a little bit of extra dryness, a little bit of crispness, 
but maybe because of the weather, because it's warm, maybe it's not as almost tastes as, like as, Bud Dry hmm, from the late nineties. Yeah, or early nineties. I, I, I didn't know there was which a, you don't an, remember. And I'm sure ice or a dry. Yeah, uh, there was there was a moment in time <laughs> when dry and ice were a thing. Um, yeah, Bud Dry tasted very similar. But to where this. where would you rate this though, Ben? Where, where would you rate this? And and Ooh, it's a tough one. Yeah, it, it is because it, I'm not. I'm not sure we've given it its due, but yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Because you said, I mean, it's very fresh. I mean, obviously, this is uh, you know straight from the brewery a few weeks ago for a summer beer. Hmm. I probably give it a six. Um. You know, I would because it's it's above average. It's definitely not that's a five. Why, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like uh, I can't I can't go to five or below, but I can't go as high as eight or seven or even a seven. Yeah. So I um I'm yeah I hate to agree with you, Ben, but I mean I I would I was also thinking I hate six. to agree with you, Ben. I I because no, I mean you know we we want to you know at least have slightly different rating, but it, it seems like we're almost always on the same page like we were with the Compass Box offering oh, right that here. That is amazing. Nine and nine, now a six and a six. Um, but, I mean, that's that's pretty much what it is, at least for our flavor profile. There are some people out there that might like a more weedy beer with a, a slightly dank finish that sort of stays with you with a little bit of crispness. I mean, it's, it's dank, just bro. not what I prefer to having a beer. I don't know. But we don't always agree. No. I mean, we... So you're going to go with a six? Six. So, I mean, a couple few weeks ago, I mean, we had that Ota Kringer... Rattler. Rattler in Vienna when we were in Vienna last year. And it was... No, it was actually... It the, was uh, fucking... It was an Ota Kringer. It was... It was, it was uh, Stiegel. Stiegel Rattler. Oh, but, but in, in Vienna, oh, oh, we yes, had the Ota yes, Kringer. Yeah. Rattler, which I really liked. And mm-hmm. I'm not really a fruity... Yeah, I like an IPA, but it wasn't or, as fruity as right. some Rattlers. And then we had the Stiegel, and that was like way too sweet. It was so sweet that yeah. it was like somebody was looking for it at Bevmo last time I was there. I was like, no, no, I was yeah, like, I was like, I actually told him to go to Total Wine, give you the shit, see if he can find a different, give you the runs, a different you Rattler. So, you know, not every beer variety is going to be exactly what you what you expect it to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some people may love this and and rate it a nine or a ten or you know something like that. It's, you know, it is dry though. Um, but it definitely has that dryness. Something that I'm not a huge fan of in beers, which is sort of why I stray away for, from some of the Japanese, like the Sapporo or, oh, or really other, dry. Those are extremely. I almost dry. got that one today because that was another beer that yeah. we that we stole out of the store. It's, it's 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 you know for a liquid to call it dry is kind of funny, but I mean you definitely when you drink it down you. You know that it has that sort of, it's it's almost like a, I want to say it's a powdery. You have thing, to have a bottle of water like, on your left and a beer on your right. It's 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 definitely not something that I favor in a beer. No. All right, so yeah. six for Friday, six yeah. for me, <laughs> and a little bit of information for you for the next few podcasts. Friday and I are going to be brewing our own beer. Friday, what are we going to be brewing this time? Well, Ben, this time around we'll be brewing a time. This this time we'll be brewing an American cream ale, Ben, which 
hopefully is similar to the beer that you enjoyed back in New York, which was the Genesee. And that is uh, hopefully it'll described. be better than that. It's described. Well, you seem to be a big fan of that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, at the time, at the, well, I'm pretty sure at this time too. Uh, but hopefully it'll be something similar to that. But this is sort of a learning process for me and Ben. Uh, our first beer that we brewed, our seventh round IPA, which was excellent and our second one the six round hefeweizen we're not huge hefeweizen fans but we did try to brew it to see which flavors come through with certain hops with certain malts and uh, so with this one we're really trying to learn the whole beer brewing process and uh, you know by the time we get to our first round ipa band it's gonna be our own ingredients it'd be our own beer with the hoppiness Maybe a little bit of pininess. Oh, I love the pine. Maybe a little dank, bro. Oh, a little uh, bit, a little, little bit, a little bit, a little, little, little bit. But definitely a lot of freshness. Yeah. I mean, I, and I can't wait. Uh, folks out there, we can't recommend enough trying to brew your own beers. It's a lot of fun. And, I mean, you learn through the process, mm-hmm. you know, which bottles to use, which equipment to use, how long to... To uh, ferment, even. I know, mean, to know, ferment. Maybe, I mean, there's been times where you try your own beer and you might fail. I mean, you may get absolutely no carbonation. You might you might not get the flavor that you were expecting from the beer with the hops or ingredients that you used. And so, I mean, this is this is really a learning pot process for me and Ben. Um, this is only our third time, but it is a lot of fun. Um, you know, you know, get your friends together, socially distanced. Obviously, uh, but you know, get everybody together, have a few beers while you brew your beer, and uh, you know, try to learn from the process, see which flavors you prefer, and try to bring those flavors through. You know, a yeah. lot of people prefer different things. Like I said, I don't like the dryness. Neither do you, Ben. No. And uh, you know, this is uh, it's a learning process. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I mean, next week could be a long episode, yeah. <laughs> or a long episode for our listeners because we'll probably be drinking as we brew the beer, which will lead up to the episode. So if you've stuck with us this long in this episode, you'll know what you're left to look forward to next and the week. Next one. So if you enjoy uh, a more candid Ben or a more candid. Front yeah. eight, you will probably get that next week. Well, I think the last 30 minutes have been pretty candid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're really looking forward to doing it. And Frane, uh, he looks for these beers. He shops for these. He finds them. And I am a, a less than a novice in this yeah. regard. I essentially say, and what there, do you need me to do? Yeah. And he tells me where to put a particular <laughs> piece of equipment, and I do that. So, Well, there are different styles of beer. So we got the IPA, we got the Hefeweizen, we got the Cream Ale. You know, next one, we'll see. You know, yeah. it, you know. I mean, right now with the summer weather and everything, I mean, you can ferment certain types of beer in certain weathers. And so, I mean, you know, we can ferment within, the, you know, in, in your house, Ben. That's where it will ferment. And I'm sure it's never really much hotter than 75 degrees because Sonia yeah, loves a cool exactly. house. And, uh, and so we loves can a high definitely... DWP bill. For, <laughs> we definitely ferment this beer uh, in those temperatures, we can't do a pilsner unless we get a fridge. I mean, those yeah. uh, typically need a cooler environment, maybe yeah. around 50 degrees or so. And uh, so, you know, the the beers that we brewed so far are able to be brewed in temperatures in Southern California, either uh, outside or inside in an air-conditioned environment. All right, Franny, we can't wait to do this. Yeah, and it'll be, be several weeks before it's done, but we can't wait to do it. Ronnie, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping. The to worst finish up. and 
most show. disappointing and saddest part of the show. So thank you all so much for listening to our show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstygold.busproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can check out our show notes to get links to all of the stories that we cover, all of the browns, the bourbons, the ryes, the scotches that we review, as well as the beers, the lagers, the pilsners, and the stouts. You get links to all the podcatchers in the universe. Spotify, CastBox, CastBox, and you can get us on Pandora as well. Please check us out on Pandora. You can download all of our episodes from there, and you can leave us a review. Please, please, please leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. How many stars, Franny? Five stars, Ben. Five stars. You can email us at podcastthirstygoal at gmail.com. You can follow us at our mediocre <laughs> Twitter account at Goal Thirst, and you can follow us on Franny's amazing oh, yeah. Instagram amazing. account at Thirstand. Franny, anything to say to our thousands of fans before we sign off? Thank you so very much for listening to us every week. Yes, and thank you, and we'll see you next week.